Track Smack with Don Hall. Smackcast. Hey everyone, this is Mike Haig with Race Day San Antonio, and welcome back to another edition of Track Smack here on TrackSmackRadio.com. Today's show is a Smackcast, and we're going to feature the 16 drivers that made the playoffs for the NASCAR Cup Series. Well, the stage is set. The NASCAR Cup Series playoffs will begin Sunday in the Cookout Southern 500 at Darlington Raceway. Now, the first round of the playoffs begin at the track they call Too Tough to Tame. Then it's off to the three-quarter mile Richmond, Virginia Raceway, and finally the famed half-mile high banks of Bristol, Tennessee at Bristol Motor Speedway. Of the 16 drivers that made the cut, there are 11 drivers that earned a championship spot by winning a race and five others who will compete for the big trophy thanks to their position in the final season point standings. The 16-car field will also feature six past NASCAR Cup Series champions are among the 16-driver championship field. That will include Kyle Busch, Joey Logano, Martin Truex Jr., Kevin Harvick, Brad Keselowski, and Kurt Busch. Of those drivers, Kyle Busch is the only multi-time champion after winning the championship in 2015 and 2019. Now, today and tomorrow, NASCAR is holding press conferences with all 16 drivers. The eight drivers that they held uh, press conferences for today are Ryan Blaney, Joey Logano, Austin Dillon, Cole Custer, William Byron, Kurt Busch, Matty D, and Clint Boyer. Now, Dawn and I have all the audio from those press conferences, so we're going to go ahead and play those for you today in that order. Now, first up is going to be Ryan Blaney. Here's what Ryan had to say. All righty. There we go. Do I need to move? Nope, you're good. Right? Nice and center. Uh, I know this introduction will not be anywhere near as effective as Baker Mayfield's, but we are now joined by Ryan Blaney, driver, driver of the number 12 Menards Ford for Team Penske. Uh, we're going to open it straight up to questions, and our first question today will come from Heather Williams. Go ahead with your question, Heather. Hey, Ryan. Um, this first round of the playoffs, the elimination race is Bristol. Um, can you talk about Bristol as an elimination race and what you think that'll be like? I think it's exciting. Um, you know, it's the first time Bristol's even been in the playoffs, so that, uh, that'll be neat. And then making it a cutoff race, too, um, that'll be even more exciting. So that place gets, um, you know, obviously very rowdy. Uh, I look at it, it's just like having Martinsville as a cutoff race short track that uh, that'll get pretty, you know, I want to be beating and banging and, um, you know, I, I personally would like to have a win or be really good on points before we go there. But, uh, you know, I, I think it's great. Um, you know, they've implemented a new format, new tracks uh, to the playoffs this year. And I, I think it's good for it. But, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. Um, that'll definitely be an exciting cutoff race for sure. Our next question will come from Bob Pockers. Go ahead with the question, Bob. Yeah, Ryan, is uh, preparation or what you feel like the keys are to advance in the playoffs any different with no practice, no qualifying? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it definitely is different, but it's really what we've been doing all year, you know, and, you know, teams have been preparing as much as they can before going to the tracks every single week. Um, it's not like now when the playoffs start, it's, all right, we got to start preparing a little bit more, um, you know, there's – I feel like if you're not doing that throughout the regular season, um, you know, I feel like you should be doing that throughout the regular season. So, uh, but yes, it's key. I mean, it's been key every single weekend. Um, you know, I think the biggest point is not being off at the start of these races uh, and not getting stage points. 
that's that's a really big thing. You look at stage points of being very critical when you're running against 15 other guys um, throughout the round or, you know, in the first round, and then it gets cut throughout the round. So stage points are huge. Um, so you definitely want to be starting off good and have a good previous race the way the, the lineups are set, um, you know, now with uh, that algorithm they got on, you know, previous week finishing and fast lap and points position, all that stuff. Uh, you definitely don't want to be back in the playoff grid. Um, so yeah, the preparation's huge and uh, uh, just to set you up for that first stage, that's very important. Are stage points going to be more difficult to get considering all 16 of you are starting in the top 16? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, they're difficult to get before, uh, you know, so, but also, you know, you got some cars outside the playoffs that, uh, you know, they're, they're really good as well. Um, you know, they didn't get in. So you, you're going to have, you're going to have to race them anyway. You're racing those guys all year. Um, you know, whether you were top 12 in points, you know, 13 to 24, um, you know, luckily, fortunately we were top 12 a lot, you know, really all year. So we, we never really started terrible. Um, and that sets you up for the first stage, but yeah, with, you know, all the playoff guys being right there, um, they're definitely going to be hard to get just really good competition. You got to make sure you're on your game, uh, you know, from the first lap. Thank you. Our next question will come from Michael Shelton. Go ahead with your question, Michael. Thank you very much. Well, Ryan, just looking at your season thus far, 26 races in, you're pretty much consistent to where you were the last three seasons when you started the playoffs. You have 586 laps led, 11 top 10s, eight top fives. I was just curious, uh, how do you feel your momentum is heading into this year's playoffs compared to the previous pre three seasons that you participated? Yeah, I mean, obviously we'd like to have some more wins in the regular season. That's what's kind of hurt us, um, you know, in the last few years, you know, in the playoffs and throughout the rounds, you know, we made the round eight a couple times and just don't have playoff points. You got to win pretty much. And uh, you have, you know, these years to where every year it seems like there's a couple guys that have tons of wins in the regular season and they have massive bonus points, um, you know, and that really pays off when you get in the round eight. You know, and uh, it makes it tough for those guys who don't have them like like we don't. Um, but I feel like our team has had more capability this year to uh, to win more races and be more competitive. It's just a shame it hasn't happened. Um, you know, some of that was our doing. Some of it you can't control. But um, our whole group feels really good. I think our cars are pretty decent right now. Um, obviously, you have the four and the 11 who are really strong. You know, everyone's going to be strong in the playoffs. So you have to really be on top of your game. Um, so I, I like our momentum. Uh, you know, it's just a matter of putting races together, you know, taking one race at a time. And I think this team can do that. Um, but it, it's going to be important for us to win um, in the rounds. Uh, that's what it's going to take for us, I feel like, to advance or have really, really good point days. Um, but I, I feel really good about this team. And Todd Gordon and I work well together this year. It's just a matter of, like I said, keeping building with each other and, and not making any mistakes, you know, not having any blow-ups in the rounds. You can't really have a mulligan, I feel like. Um, you know, I'm not saying we're in the worst position. There's guys in worse positions than us, but we're not in the position, the best position. So uh, we just have to have a solid 10 races. Thank you very much. Good luck. Thank you. Our next question is going to come from John Newby. Go ahead with your question, John. Thanks, sir. So considering that you've already been to Darlington twice this season, do you have any advantage going into this upcoming race? And is there some more footage you can look back at and figure out the best way to approach it? Yeah. Um, yeah, we ran there twice already this year. Um, so, yeah, you go back and look at 
you know, those two races. Uh, you go back and look at, um, you know, the Darlington race from last year uh, and kind of see how that plays out. You know, the pit strategy side is a little bit different, you know, this weekend than the previous two races, they were way shorter. Um, you know, this, this 500 mile race, super long and, and the way your the stages are set and your pit strategy are set and you know how you pit in the stages uh, are way different. So that's a little bit something you can't uh, quite look at from the previous races this year, but you can go back and look at your notes on, you know, okay, how is the track? How will we set up? Um, you know, things like that. And, you know, Todd and I talked about that a lot this week. So um, I feel confident. I thought we actually had a really good car in the second race and we had a penalty and had a, we went in the back and we got uh, in the fence there and kind of ruined our day. Um, but yeah, you just go back and look at all your notes and you try to, that's really important nowadays too. I mean, with no practice, you, you're relying on previous race notes. Um, and we we rely on those heavily here going back to these tracks that we've already been through this year. Perfect. Thank you, sir. Our next question will come from Kelly Crandall. Go ahead with the question, Kelly. Thank you, Ryan. I think you had said about a month ago, uh, kind of what you were just talking about, about this team having really fast race cars, just unfortunate circumstances. So now that we're going into the playoffs, do you have the speed? Can this team go head to head with the four and the 11? I think so. Um, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say, no, nah, we don't have the speed. Um, so, you know, you like to think so. I think, you know, some races I feel like we've, we've been better than those guys and brought it to them. And other races I feel like, you know, they've had really good cars and, and have obviously shown up. So I uh, like they have all year. I mean, they've done a great job. Those two, those two teams and drivers are, are doing really good right now and they're super strong. And you go to the racetrack every week, you know, knowing those guys are going to be strong. Um, but the best you can do is just worry about your own team. Um, worry about what you need to do as a driver to do the best that you can and, and figure out what you need to do with your race cars to be as competitive as possible. Um, so I think our team can, it's just a matter of, you know, playing to our strengths and, um, you know, like I said, not making mistakes. That's a big thing, but our speed wise this year, I think we've been close. It's just a matter of execution. Um, and I think hopefully we can, you know, pull all that stuff together here, uh, for, you know, just take it one race at a time. And, um, so I, I think we can do it. It's just a matter of, like I said, putting everything together. You keep saying putting everything together in execution. Has it been more on the team or has it been, do you feel like things outside of your control, just cautions falling the right, wrong way, things like that? A bit of both. Um, I mean, there's obviously things I can do better. Um, you know, some unlucky things, but those happen in racing. Um, and that's something you can control. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's half and half. You're obviously going to have, you know, rough weekends where things don't go your way or you're going to have rough weekends where, you know, I mess up. Um, you know, whether you, you damage your car or you don't ask for the right things, um, you know, or there's some times where, you know, calls can go the wrong way, you know, pit calls, things like that, but that's just part of it. So just live and learn from those things. So I think, uh, to answer your question, I feel like that's about half and half, but I'm not, I can't sit here and complain about unlucky, unfortunate situations because everyone has those. It's just a matter of, you know, having fewer than others, I guess, but best I can do is do my best and, and our team do our best and whatever else happens after that happens. Thank you. Our next question is going to come from Scott Chancy. Go ahead with the question, Scott. Ryan, just, um, you know, considering that one positive COVID test can wreck your championship hopes, how much worry do you have about that? And it, do drivers talk about it in time of year, but what a positive COVID could do if it happens? 
yeah, I mean, obviously right now it's, it's, uh, it's going to really put you in a bad hole. Um, and do we sit around and talk about that drivers? No, not really. I mean, you just be as smart as you can You'd be as safe as you can, not, not going out, not, you know, doing anything that you wouldn't normally do. I mean, I, you know, there's been, you know, a couple, couple tests here, a couple positives, um, throughout the years with some drivers, but, um, you know, I've been fortunate to not, you know, be in that situation. Um, and so I plan on not doing anything different. You know, you just stay smart. You know, you, if you're going to go somewhere with people, go with people that, you know, um, that are doing the same things as you, um, and being smart and safe about what they're doing. Um, not going out to crowded gatherings of people you have no idea who they are and, and where, what they're doing. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, if it does happen, that's just, you know, it happens, but the best I can do is just be smart and, and not try to put yourself in that position where you're, um, might, might catch something. Our next question is going to come from Dustin Long. Go ahead with your question, Dustin. Thank you, Ryan. Um, before the season, you'd been with uh, one crew chief for the last few years. So now you, this year, you've gone through the experience of being with, working with another crew chief, learning each other. Uh, we always hear how it takes a different amount of time to kind of learn each other. Where do you feel like that is, and what has that process been like? Because that's been a new thing for you, considering uh, the stability you've had in that in that role the last few years. Yeah, um, you know, working with Jeremy uh, for a long time, uh, you know, from Xfinity to Cup, uh, and then transitioned into Todd. Um, you know, the first month was was awesome. You know, you get to work with them full weekends, or he and I get to work together. You know, John Miles, my engineers, I got to see them every single weekend throughout the week also, and um, you really get to learn each other. You and everybody on the team, you know, career guys, you get to learn, you get to know them and what they're like, and now that's just been so limited, um, no practice. And you can talk so much throughout the week, uh, you know, on the phone, things like that. Um, but it's just, it's just different than being able to go through a couple practices and the whole weekend with them and talking to them. Um, but I, I think we've done the best uh, that we can. Uh, Todd and I get along really well. Uh, he's he's a, obviously an amazing crew chief, um, you know, championship crew chief, and uh, has won, won a ton of races. So, just, uh, I think it's been going well, you know, it's a shame, but everyone's in the same boat, you know, um, you know, Joey and Brad, they have new crew chiefs also, and of other guys have new teams this year. So um, I think we're doing the best we can. Um, you know, I'd like to spend, you know, three days out of the weekend with them and a couple days during the week with them, just talking to them. But uh, we, we talk as much as we can and um, try to figure out what we need to do week in, week out to be better. But I think it's been going really good. It's just um, a matter of continuing that and getting to know each other more. Thank you. Our next question is going to come from Alex and Go ahead with your question, Alex. Hey, Ryan, thank you for your time. Um, I, I wanted to ask about kind of, I guess a lot of the focus has been on Harvick and Hamlin this season, but is there any concern from other drivers that all of a sudden like Kyle Busch is going to get reactivated in the playoffs and, and sort of run, run away with this? And then you know, is, is that even possible, I guess, to really reverse, have a season like he's had and then reverse course and, and kind of take it? I mean, what do you, do you foresee that happening, I guess? I mean, you never know what could happen. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, obviously Kyle's not had the, the best of years, um, but it's Kyle Busch and, and that team can turn it around, you know, any given weekend. So, 
uh, you don't count anybody out, you know, even if they've been having a little bit offier than what they're used to, you, you don't count anybody out. I mean, every, people can go on playoff runs. I look at Tony Stewart in 2011, um, in the playoff run, he went on winning five of them races and winning the championship. And before the playoffs, you never really thought, you know, they would be a contender. Um, and then people find stuff and they turn it on and things go their way. And, you know, you, you saw what happened. So, um, yeah, I mean, you're obviously, I'm worried about 15 other teams. You know, you never know who can turn it on at what time. Uh, they're all great teams, great drivers. Uh, so you have to be worried about everybody, but at the same time, you can't be thinking about everybody all the time. You got to think about yourself, think about your own team, uh, what you got to do. You can't control what everyone else is doing. So, but to answer your question, yeah, anybody, any one of these guys can turn it on at any time. And um, it wouldn't surprise me just because teams do that often. Thank you. Appreciate it. Our next question is going to come from Jeff Gluck. Go ahead with your question, Jeff. Yeah, Ryan, you mentioned those 15 other teams. I'm wondering if, if there's one kind of like dark horse guy or surprise team that you're kind of keeping your eye on that people should watch. Uh-oh, did I freeze up? Oh, no, I'm back. Okay, um, dark horse team. Um, I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe you can say the 18. Uh, those, those guys, that team that gives the organization has been really strong. Um, I'm going to be selfish and say I think our group has been, you know, checkboxed as a, a dark horse team by a lot of people. Um, so just, uh, you know, like I said, anybody can do it. I mean, he, uh, the 11 and 4 have obviously been great all year, but, you know, there's a bunch of other teams that can that can step up and have really good rounds and, um, and can, I guess you could say, maybe upset, um, you know, what those guys have been doing all year. So. Uh, but yeah, I think anybody can. Thank you. Our next question is going to come from Dustin Albino. Go ahead with the question, Dustin. Yeah, Ryan, thanks for your time. Um, you've won the last two Talladega races. You've won one of the two roller races. How scary is the second round? Um, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, yeah, there's some, you know, kind of funky races in there, obviously with the roll and Talladega, like you said, you never know you know, what's going to happen in those rounds. Um, you have one kind of normal race at Vegas there. Um, and then you have, like you said, the Roval and Talladega. So I don't know. I don't know what can happen in those rounds. You just try to, you know, you go to the Roval and you just try to run a solid race. Um, and then Talladega is just try to stay out of wrecks. You know, that's, that's the biggest thing. Um, and with the way that, uh, you know, Talladega, um, you know, ends that second round there, um, it'll be like a Daytona. So it'll be, um, it'll be interesting. I'd be nice to be really, really good or locked in before that. Love to win Vegas um, and not have to worry about the Roval or Talladega. Um, but, you know, it, you just hope that you put solid races together. But, yeah, there, that is a funky round for sure. Um, all the rounds, you know, have their wild cards in them, you know, with, with Bristol. Um you know, being in the first one, and then you have those the Robo and Tau in the second round, and then Martinsville to end, uh, you know, to end the final round or the round eight. So uh, there's a lot of a lot of interesting, um, you know, races in each round. I think NASCAR did a pretty good job at, at splitting them up in certain ways. So uh, yeah, but hopefully my mindset is go try to win Vegas, so we don't have to worry about them too. Thanks, Ryan. Our next question is going to come from Cole Kuzumano. Go ahead with the question, Cole. Thank you. Hey, Ryan, uh, going back to the question about Todd, he's obviously won a championship 
in, in these recent years. Um, what does he bring to your team that defers from years past with Jeremy in the playoffs? Well, I think, um, you know, Todd has a little bit more experience than Jeremy. Um, he's been around the Cup Series for a little bit longer. Um, you know, I love Jeremy to death. Um, he and I will always be really good friends from what we've been through for many years. Um, you know, we won our first race together in 2017 uh, with the Woodbows. That was special. But um, I, I think it's neat, you know, when you – when you switch crew chiefs for the first time, um, because when I was with Jeremy, uh, you know, you kind of get locked into one mode, you know, okay, you guys have your own kind of language with each other. And I know what he likes to change. He knows what I like as a driver. Uh, and you can kind of, kind of, you can kind of get, I don't know, in a certain mode, whether it's good or bad, um, and maybe not be open to new things. But when the biggest thing I learned when I switched to Todd was he, he just, everyone approaches things differently, you know, from a driver to a crew chief side. Um, and it just opened my mind up to, you know, just different things to try, you know, and, and maybe certain things I like that Todd does. I like a little bit better than Jeremy or vice versa, but it's just knowledge. It's just knowledge of two different minds uh, from those two guys. And, and it, I, you kind of personally for me, I, you know, you kind of combine those two and it just, you know, it just opens your eyes a little bit on different possibilities and capabilities out there of what you can learn as a driver and uh, learn about other people. So that has been nice to kind of combine those, you know, Todd and Jeremy's mind and, and working with both of them. So that was a big thing uh, I've taken away from it uh, as a young driver. It's nice to, nice to have that. I think it just helps you learn. Thank you, sir. Our final question for Ryan will come from Eric Smith. Go ahead with the question, Eric. Yeah, Ryan, thanks for the time. Um, I'm just curious with uh, the playoffs this year, you got short track, intermediate, super speedway, Roval. Um, after 26 races now, is there a, a discipline of those that you feel like you need some improvement on going to the playoffs? And is there one that stands out to you that maybe you've got down that you feel comfortable on more than the others? Um, you know, I, was, uh, I mean, you look at Richmond, uh, the second race there is a place we've struggled at um, over the years. Um, you know, it's nice it's in the, the round of 16, um, but you still have to put a good race together. Um, yeah, you can't just run back all race uh, and, and have a poor race like, you know, we've had there the last handful of years. So um, I always say on the Richmond side, it's we can only keep getting better there. Um, Todd and I have worked a lot on that racetrack here because, you know, even at the start of the year, we looked at the playoffs and like, well, we got to get, you know, we got to get good at Richmond. So, um that's one of the big, biggest outliers to me as far as places where we need to really show up and do well at, um, a place where we've struggled in the past. But all the other tracks, I feel like I feel really confident in. We've run really well at other tracks. Um, the Roval, obviously, obviously we've, we've run pretty decent at. And um, Talladega, you, you know, we want to race at Talladega, but you never know what could happen. You can get jumbled up in someone else's mess and end your day. So uh, you never know. But, um, you know, Richmond to me is the biggest one that we've really talked about on just having to put a solid race together. And a quick follow-up to that. Does that put a little more pressure on this weekend so you're not going in as a whole to Richmond next week? I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't even thought about it. Focus <laughs> on going and then we move on. Awesome. Thanks, man. I appreciate your time. Ryan, thanks for taking the time to join us. Good luck in the playoffs, man. All right. Thank you. Take care. We are now joined by Joey Logano, driver of the number 22 Shell Pennzoil Ford for Team Penske. We're going to go straight in the questions, and our first question will come from Bob Pachris. Go ahead, Bob. Yeah, Joey, do the dynamics or the keys to performing well in the chase change with no practice, no qualifying, and all the playoff drivers starting up front? 
I mean, yeah, we got to find ways to, um, I, I don't know if it changes really. I mean, the dynamics are, um, you know, just as important to win as, as ever during the playoffs. So that, that part doesn't change. Um, no practice makes it always questionable, but we're almost used to that at this point with no practice and not knowing what's coming around the corner next uh, to start and, and not knowing who's fast. Um, it changes the dynamics of the race a little bit, but we've kind of gotten used to it. So kind of what you've seen uh, here the last few um, races since we got back going um, will probably be more of that to, to continue where there may be some teams that hit it really fast and um, others that need to make big swings on their adjustments. And it's kind of how you get the, get to that point as quickly as possible. So um, I, I don't think the playoffs kind of changed what we've done, been doing here the last few weeks. Thank you. Our next question will come from Heather Williams. Go ahead with your question, Heather. Hey, Joey. Um, the first round of the playoffs wraps up with Bristol. I know it's a track that you like a lot. Uh, what do you think about Bristol as a cutoff race? Uh, I'm, I'm cool with it. <laughs> uh, I think it, it's definitely going to add some drama. Um, uh, we all kind of seen what kind of drama Daytona brought last week with it being the last race of the regular season and, um, how exciting that is. So for the sport, it's great. Um, for the teams, a little stressful, uh, cause you know, anything can happen. Um, we've seen strategy work a lot of different ways at Bristol. Um, we've seen contact at Bristol, um, you know, so a lot of things can happen, but I think for the most part, we just got to, uh, you know, do our thing. And, um, but I think, you know, the fact that the cutoff races are stressful <laughs> already, and then they're at tracks that are, you know, anything can happen. It definitely adds a lot to it, but, um, you know, I think for, for the sport, that's a great thing. Our next question will come from Jenna Fryer. Go ahead with the question, Jenna. Hey, Joey. Uh, Steve Phelps said yesterday that there will be no changes to the COVID rules, that if a driver tests positive, that you won't get points. And uh, if a playoff driver tests positive, that'll probably end your playoff chances. What precautions will you take um, and or would you be hesitant to go get tested? No, I think it's important for us to, you know, number one, our safety needs to be uh, at the utmost concern um just for for everybody not, not just for ourselves right not in a selfish way but in a selfless way we need to be um smart about um testing now also we need to be smart about who we see and how we do things and and all that as much as ever um you know and and you know as the world's starting to open up slowly and things like that you know i think for these 10 weeks i probably still need to be pretty smart about it because uh my season is on the line so um, you know, it, it, I think we just keep doing the same things we've been doing, right? You do the, you wash your hands, you wear the mask, you, you social distance. Um, you know, those are the things that you can do. Um, you know, it's also important that we need to, we need to win this thing too. And, and as you guys know, sometimes, you know, going, doing everything through the zoom, uh, isn't as, as effective as you want it to be. Um, and it's the same when you're trying to lead a team. So just trying to, uh, do, do things the smartest way possible. Um, trying to lead a team from a, from a distance, uh, but but in times where it's important to to see people or do things, um, those are the those are the moments we just got to make the most of. But also, like I said, um, be careful about the way we do it. Our next question is going to come from Dustin Long. Go ahead with your question, Dustin. Um, thank you, Joey. Just to kind of carry on that, you talk about the leadership aspect of it, having to do it through Zoom. Are you? Um, 
are you almost less of a leader this year? Is this almost more, in this sense, Paul's team as opposed to uh, you and, and when you're past Todd because of the, the less connection? In ways, I have to agree with that. I don't want to agree with that. I, I, I want to be the, the leader and, and um, you know, with Paul, but, you know, there's my hands are tied. Uh, there's only so much, you know, we can do. You know, I'm, you know Penske's done a good job at uh, trying to, you know, keep everyone separated um, to where if something, if there was an outbreak, uh, it doesn't shut down the whole. With COVID, you don't win the championship. So, um, I don't know who that was, but. Uh, <laughs> That was, you know, I think in general, we're trying to be as smart as we can. Um, and it's hard to throw everyone out on a Zoom call and speak directly to somebody. Been a little harder for me this year, too, because it's a new team. And you know, I'm typically the guy that's, you know, in the garage to the garage closes. That's it, the way I led was by being present, um, you know, and, and, and building relationships. Uh, it's been a little harder to do that this year, for sure. Um, but, you know, we have to find unique ways of, of trying to uh, gather the team together, right, and rally the troops. That's, uh, you know, it's a little bit different, but it's different for everybody, and we have to be creative and find new ways. So um, is it as good as I want to be? No, no, it's definitely not as good as I want it to be, but um, I feel like we've done a good job at being creative and trying to find ways to, uh, you know, keep everyone together as a team, even though I we're not. I also want to ask you. I also want to ask you this weekend, uh, I know Darlington pit road entry is always a challenging thing with the way the pit stalls have selected. Uh, Paul selected the last pit stall, one nearest pit entrance for you. That's been something that he's done a lot here, especially lately. Uh, last year, I know what, you know, in previous years with Todd, Todd always wanted to be up toward the front. I understand you're a professional, uh, but is it more challenging or what is it you have to adjust to? with the pit stalls at the entrance and what might it, will it be any more challenging with Darlington if there is a green flag stop? It's funny you bring that up because that's been the running joke here for <laughs> team Penske for a little bit is that, you know, Todd will always go furthest forward possible. And uh, Paul will be the guy that kind of, you know, go back and forth on just trying to figure out what's best for, for that particular weekend. Um, you know, so the first few weeks was a little bit odd because I'm used to being all the way down at the other end and I didn't want to drive by the stall. Uh, but but now it's been um, kind of gotten used to it. And, and Paul's done a good job at some pit selections and stuff. And, and, you know, that was one of the things that we went through in the beginning of the year is that, you know, what works for me with pit stalls, you know, and, and what direction um, can we get the best rolling times with, um, you know, and, and each racetrack's different, you know, some narrow pit roads are different than the wide ones. And, uh, pit, pit openings and bigger than others and obviously timing lines. There's a lot that goes into that game. It's not, uh, it's not a random selection sometimes as much as some people think. There's a lot that goes into that. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't know if there's one more challenging than the other being in the front or the back. It just affects the, the just more or less the, the strategy of how do we have the best rolling time at the end of pit road. Thank you. And before we get to our next question, just a reminder, if you can please limit yourself to one question, we'll try to get to follow-ups if, if time allows. We do have a lot of questions for Joey. We're going to go next to Jeff Glutt. Go ahead with the question, Jeff. Joey, I'm wondering if you uh, can name uh, a surprise team or a dark horse team that you think might be able to make a run that people aren't necessarily talking about. Um. I would say probably the 10. I'm looking at a dark horse team that's that's maybe not everyone's talking about. 
Um, yeah, I think those are the obvious ones, right, that, that are going to be fast. You know, you get Kevin, Denny, I think are, we're in that mix. Brad's in that mix. Chase will be in that mix. Um, um, but the 10's been kind of sneaky and just consistent. Um, you know, nothing flashy, but just kind of doing his thing. Um, so I'd say that's one car that, that can probably get pretty through, pretty far through on they got pretty good speed. They don't make much mistakes and they just kind of get through. And, um, you know, the first couple of rounds, that's, that's one of the things that this playoff system rewards the first couple of rounds is being consistent. Perfect. Thanks. Next question will come from Pete. Hey, Cabelli, go ahead with your question, Pete. Joey, I know it's only a few months ago that you guys were at Darlington, but it probably seems like such a different time back then. Are, uh, how, when, if you look back on it, how much of a success was that week at Darlington when there were so many unknowns and, and, and the pride that all you drivers take? Because obviously if it went the wrong way, you know, we might not be running uh, any races right now. A hundred percent. And I don't think it's the pride that the drivers take. It's the pride that the, the, the whole industry should take. Um, you know, the, the drivers sometimes should just show up and we do what they tell us to do. Um, but when I think of the collaboration that it took from everybody in our sport, right? Media, uh, race teams, you know, NASCAR, everybody had drivers as, as well, had to come together to find a way to take advantage of the opportunity of being the first sport back without completely blowing it and, you know, having a COVID outbreak and being the first team to come back or the first, uh, the first sport to come back and be shut right back down. Right. And, and, and we'll look like a bunch of fools, right. We, we didn't want to do that either. So um, everyone did an amazing job. Um, and that starts from the leadership at NASCAR uh, and, and trying to find a way to be first back and do it in a safe way and continue going and sports learned from us, right? Other sports watched us because we were the first back. They had nothing else to watch. So they had to, they had to see it. And that was the opportunity ahead of us is that there wasn't any other content out there at the time uh, from a sporting uh, perspective. So, um, you know, I, I love the, the term when people say there's a, when there's a crisis, there's an opportunity. And, and we took advantage of that opportunity. So, yeah, there's some pride in that, and we should be proud of that. Our next question will come from Kelly Crandall. Go ahead with the question, Kelly. Thank you. Joey, given what this season has been with the pandemic, the restrictions, everything that has been different this year, what is it going to mean to a team to win the championship in 2020? <laughs> nothing less than it would have if it was a normal year. Um, and nothing more. Uh, it's a championship. Right. And that that's all that matters. Right. Is the trophy on the little thing back here. And it's it's reminding me how, how badly uh, we want it. And and no matter what the rules are, they're the same for everybody. And there's going to be a winner and there's going to be a loser. And uh, we, we just approach it the same ways. And yes, we have to do things differently to achieve that trophy than we would have if it was a normal year. But, um, you know, the cards are dealt and we know what we got and we just got to uh, play them the best we can. Thank you. Our next question is going to come from Scott Chancy. Go ahead with the question, Scott. Joey, how does Darlington suit your racing style? I think it fits fairly well. It's been a good racetrack for us. I don't have a win there, but um, it's been a racetrack that we've consistently been able to run in the top five, um, you know, and, and, and lead laps and be close. I uh, just need a couple things to go our way uh, to be able to win there. So 
Um, one of my favorite racetracks to go to. Uh, I like that the tires wear out and you can't go hard every lap and you got to be smart on how you're using your tires. Um, and, and yet there's still some aggression that you need to have on how close you run to the wall and moving around and finding places where there's more grip as the run goes. It's, it's a very enjoyable race for a driver. It's grueling. It's very tiring. It's at the end of 500 miles there. You're, you're more exhausted than any other racetrack we go to. Um, it's a long, long race where you can't afford to make a mistake, especially in the playoffs. Um, I, I'm, I'm, you know, tapping the fence and getting a flat tire or whatever it may be. So you just got to be smart and it's long and it's mentally and physically very tiring. Our next question will come from Ben Johnston. Go ahead with your question, Ben. Thank you. Hey, Joey, congratulations on making it into the playoffs. How confident, how much confidence do you have, obviously, following a consistent season, going into the rest of the season and into the playoffs? How much kind of consistency do you need to bring into the playoffs, having come from like a strong start, like a strong season, so to speak? Yeah, we just need to continue the the confidence and, and the consistency we've had over the last few weeks. If you, if you take Daytona out, We've been able to string together quite a few top 10 finishes um, and put ourselves in position to to possibly win with with some things going our way. So no need to come off of that. Um, we need to continue to slowly build, um, you know, and become stronger as a team, right? You're not going to find one thing that's going to be a light switch that's going to put us all the way to where the, the four and the 11 are, but we're not right. far off. You know, we're, we're two or three little things away from that. And um, this year has just reminded me, to me, it's reminding me of 2018, which is a great season <laughs> for, for me um, where we had some uh, some growing pains and some things we had to learn uh, throughout the regular season and we slowly built the speed back up for the playoffs and next thing you know we went to the most important races and we won the championship right it just has that feeling to me um, throughout the regular season so uh, I feel like for those reasons I'm as confident as anybody rolling into this thing right. um, in, in our race team and, and myself um, because we've been here before we've done this before uh, so we're ready to rock. Excellent. Best of luck. Thanks, Matt. Yep. Our next question will come from Steve Schweitzer. Go ahead with the question, Steve. Joe, you start the playoffs with uh, 22 bonus points, which gives you a little bit of an advantage on uh, most of the field. Um, do the um, stage points take an added um, importance during the playoffs, and how will that affect your team strategy uh, over the next nine races? It does. Um, you know, every point's going to matter, right? We've seen plenty of times where, you know, a, a team makes it or not make it by one point. Sometimes it's tied and it goes to your best finish, right? That happens a lot. Uh, so every point matters and you just need to race that way because you don't know what that point's going to be worth at the end of the day. Um, so th that, that part is probably, um, you know, it's a little bit, um, that, that, that intensity piece comes up a little bit. Um, I don't think it changes much for me because I've already raced that way because I look at that as, you know, the regular season points, how it just turned into playoff points as, as the end of the regular season came around. I, I look at that the same way where, you know, we have seven or eight more regular season points that could have been one more playoff point, right? And, and, and that's over the course of 26 races. So we just got to continue to have that mindset to where every point matters uh, at every point of the race. Our next question will come from Rebecca Cottingham. Go ahead with the question, Rebecca. 
Hi, Joey. My name is Rebecca. I'm with Legacy Maker Sports Network. You have two other teammates that are currently in the chase, and we have another basically restrictor plate or um, tapered space and engine at Talladega. Are Team Penske going to try to work together to secure a win, or is it you're in the chase now, all for one, um, going at it that way? Now, I think we all need to work together when you go to the super speedways. The, the game has changed at super speedways here in the last few years um, with teamwork. And, um, you know, as, as you see, not only the teams themselves working together, as if Penske or Hendrick or Stuart Haas or whoever um, work together on the racetrack, but you see the manufacturers really work together. You see the Fords, you see the Chevys, the Toyotas kind of uh, on their own little island sometimes, whether it's strategy or even within the group. Um, you know, trying to position themselves to, to take control of the race. So I don't see that changing because we're in a playoffs. I might even see that building. Our next question is going to come from Davey Seagal. Go ahead with your question, Davey. Thank you, Matt. Joey, your two wins on the season came before the break for the pandemic. A, does that feel as long ago to you as it does to everybody else? And B, where do you think you guys were momentum-wise back then compared to where you are now? Because you mentioned the streak of top 10 finishes besides Daytona. Yes, it feels like a long time ago to answer your first part of that question. Way too long. Uh, we're ready to win again. Um, but I do feel like we're getting close back to that same point as we were. Um, you know, it is, to me, there's no doubt when we went back racing, we weren't where we wanted to be. Um, we're, I, I even said it a few times, kind of like a lost puppy, not knowing what road to go down to get back to where we need to be. Um, and it's hard to find that direction without practice. And, um, you know, and going to a different racetrack every week, it's hard to grow. Um, it took longer than we wanted it to, longer than we expected it to. Um, but I feel like we're getting really close back to where we were in the beginning of the year where uh, we can get ourselves in a position to win again. And I, I feel like we're right at it. So um, I, I do feel pretty good about it. We're right Thank again. you. Best of luck. Yep, thanks. Our next question will come from Mark Garrow with PRN. Go ahead with your question, Mark. Uh, thank you. Uh, first off, I was kind of late to the program, so I apologize if this question's been asked. I was listening to a comment from Eric Jones yesterday from some audio that he had last week about you guys talking about his situation at Joe Gibbs and the similarities. I guess you reached out because of the similarities uh, of the situation. Was your message to him or your reason reaching out to say, look, I've been there, done that. It turns out okay. Um, just what, what went into that? Yeah, I, mean, I reached out because I feel like I've been there before and I just wanted to. Um, I, I watched his interview before the race at Michigan. I sit in my bus and he, he was at Marty Snyder. And um, I, I just, the question was asked uh, about next year and what it was. And I said, oh my God, I remember this. Like, it just came rushing back. And I was like, oh, this poor kid. And so um, I, I texted him on the way home on the airplane and said, hey man, like I been where you've been before um you know if you need someone to talk to about it you know not many people can understand exactly what you're going through right now I'm, I'm here if you want to talk about it that's great if not it's fine too um he reached back and said he wanted to go to lunch I said sure we'll go to lunch and um you know, his question was what changed uh from from Gibbs to, to Penske in in my career and you know it, it, hearing his um his whole story is scary how similar it is. Like it is 
almost identical the way he was brought up racing the way you know he was at gibbs and and it's almost identical um that being said you can't tell the future and know that you know where he's going to go next and it's all going to be great and it'd be the best thing that ever happened to him but i did say that that god put you in these these positions a lot of times to make you stronger and grow you and direct you in the place that he wants you to be and in the moment you don't know that in the moment it's the worst right it's like it's it's awful uh the stress and I, I remember thinking so many times that oh my gosh all I ever wanted to be was a race car driver I put all my eggs in this basket and it's coming to an end what am I going to do with my life like those thoughts went through my mind and it's it's kind of scary it's really scary if we're being honest and it's kind of hard to explain to, to some people because you're still driving a race car for a living and it's not that bad in comparison to what a lot of people have to go through but it's still something that's challenging and doing that without your dad there for him it's got to be really because I mean that's the guy he, he I mean he grew up racing with his family and his dad and I just couldn't imagine doing that without him so um I, I just tried to you know speak some life into kind of my situation and um, what can be for his and it doesn't mean that he's going to win the championship three years from now like like we were able to do you know it's it's, it's not going to uh, who knows what's going to happen but I do know that it's steering him down a direction that that uh you know God is pointing him to to be and and, and um you know I, like I said I just felt so similar and I had to say something and it, after talking to him it was crazy how close it was so uh the whole situation all the way through it's like yep <laughs> I've been there so uh kind of a, a fun to talk to him and, and I hope something works out for him I really do he, he seems to be a really good kid and uh, I say kid I sound like an old guy when I say that but um young man I guess um but he's he's grown a lot already in, in a lot of the same ways that I have. Right. I, I came in as a cocky little arrogant little kid that was going to come in and beat everybody. And then I realized that I got a lot of work ahead of me to do. And, um, you know, him showing his humbleness to talk to me about that, uh, shows a lot of growth as well. Thank you, Joey. Thanks, man. Okay, Joey, thanks for taking the time and uh, good luck during the playoffs. Appreciate it guys. Take care. Hope to see you soon. I've had enough of this. <laughs> we are now joined by Austin Dillon, driver of the number three Chevrolet for Richard Childress Racing. We're going to go straight to questions. And our first question for Austin is going to come from Jeff Gluck. Go ahead with your question, Jeff. Austin, I know you're potentially a dark horse uh, to make a run in this thing. Um, so other than you, who do you think is a dark horse or a surprise team that people should watch um, to go far in the playoffs? Um, you know, I think, uh, it's a good question. Um, you know, you got the regular suspects that have been pretty solid all year. Kurt Busch is one of those guys that, um, can get streaky. It's also, you know what I mean? And as far as starting with no bonus points and making a run, um, I also believe that, you know, the Stuart Haas cars have had speed at certain tracks and, you know, Boyer is good at short track. So I think that's another one that could, uh, you know, the first round obviously is the first one you want to get through. Um, there's some good competition out there. So uh, any of those guys in the in Stuart Haas or um, possibly Kurt, I feel like is another good one, some experience. Cool, thank you. Next question will come from Alex Andreev. Go ahead with your question, Alex. 
Hey, Austin, thank you for your time. Um, I, I'm just curious, you know, as a driver that tested positive for COVID-19, you know, Steve Phelps said that the, in regards to points and not being allowed any points in playoffs is going to continue into playoffs. And I'm wondering how, how you feel about that. Do you feel like that's a fair practice as, as someone who has already tested positive and had to suffer from that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of glad it happened in the regular season and we had the win. Um, some of these guys I feel like are it's definitely going to have to be very careful on, on the moves they make um, over the next couple of weeks. You don't want to get it and, um, and uh, be taken out of the points because of that. Our next question will come from John Newby. Go ahead with the question, John. Thanks, sir. So obviously getting a win is going to be critical and it'll help you stay alive in the playoff hunt, but how much would it mean to get it done in Junior Johnson's throwback scheme? Oh man, literally just made me smile because this Junior Johnson car means so much to me. It's uh, it's a beautiful car. Um, I grew up going to school with Junior's kids and Junior actually came to our school and spoke to us um, when I was like in middle school. And, um, you know, he, he was just a hero to me. And when he came and spoke to us, he kind of talked to me and, and cause he knew my grandfather, obviously. And, um, was really nice and always just you know great people to be around and my mom and uh, Lisa Johnson are very close friends they talk all the time and uh, to do this throwback for junior is very special my grandfather's pumped about it it's a beautiful car and um, Darlington would be a great place you know that would be a third crown jewel too so that would be special perfect thank you next thank you. question will come from Dustin Long go ahead with the question Dustin thank you Austin, uh, obviously, when, when, when people turn uh, a significant age, 30 in this case for you, there can be the, the, the point of reflection uh, of looking back at what they've done. Obviously, uh, you're still a young guy, but you're not a kid in the sport compared to a lot of other people. And, and certainly, what you've had, as you noted, you've had your two crown jewel wins. But as you reach this age and look at your point in the career, does there get to be, I don't know if there's more pressure or more... Um, a need to immediacy to have greater success and how do you look at what you've done and and how much more is is weighing on your shoulder as you reach this this age threshold and I'm sure you you've certainly met some goals but haven't met all the goals that you've wanted at this point in, in your career well yeah I think it's, it's more about seizing every opportunity you get you know you don't know what could be your last everybody is fighting for their job every day it doesn't matter how many wins you got something could come up and change sponsorship wise or ownership wise you just never know these days so you just want to seize these opportunities you know we're in the playoffs again and um, there's another opportunity to become the first to win all three championships um, that we've got you know 16 guys that have this opportunity and we're one of them so you want to take advantage of those opportunities and and go out there and, and perform you know you can and you want to do it um, consistently so yeah just doing everything you can to take advantage of of the moment I think is is big live in the moment and have fun doing it. And I, I do feel like I think the prime age and my dirt crew chief has always said this, the prime age for racing is like 35 um, plus, and you see it from Harvick and uh, Denny Hamlin. So I, I feel like you start, you gain so much knowledge during that time frame, And I feel like I'm still gaining knowledge and your, your family situation changes. You know, my, I've got my first kid now and, um, you know, momentum has been good and, and um, you, I just feel like I'm in a good spot and I think it can just keep 
uh, going that way with the direction um, I'm headed. Our next question is going to come from Mark Garrow. Go ahead, the question, Mark. Uh, thank you. Uh, Austin, how, how do you answer the folks that you've got high expectations for the playoffs? There's a lot of people that are kind of dismissing your team. What, what do you tell them? What, why do you tell them, like, don't sleep on me? Uh, don't, you better watch out for us. I love being dismissed. I think it's, it's great. Um, it's all, I've, I've kind of always been that way. I feel like uh, maybe not that way. And um, the trucks are Xfinity at the end of uh, those runs, but um, in the cup series, it's, it's been a little bit of that. So, uh, and, and I feel like that's what kind of propels us. And then we sneak up on people. Um, I was very close to making it to the third round a couple years back in the playoffs. I missed it by one point to Denny Hamlin. Um, and that would have transferred us on. And uh, we missed it at Talladega by one. So I know from that experience that every point matters and we just need to go out there and do our job. These first three races, it's good, good races for us. Um, but the stages, the way they play out, you got to get points. So we're going to be very aggressive to getting those points and um, hopefully mess up a lot of brackets. Thank you. Our next question is going to come from Lee Spencer. Go ahead with the question, Lee. Thank you. Hope you and the family are doing well right now. Um, Jermaine Racing put out a statement on Monday, I believe it was, that Bob Tremaine is exploring conversations for a potential sale. Have you talked to Ty yet about that? And is there a possibility that RCR could expand and include your brother in the fold in case something was to happen at Tremaine Racing? I actually haven't talked to my brother about it. Um, so to my grandfather a little bit about it. You know, I think all kinds of opportunities are out there um, right now. There's, there's a lot going on in the sport. As you can tell, it's silly season. So, um, but I, I've tried to keep up with what's going on out there, but right now I'm really focused on the playoffs and, and because uh, that's my job is to go out there. So we've been on the simulator Monday. I'm going back this afternoon. But as far as everything else going on, I'm just happy that we got three team and all of our sponsors, um, you know, in a good place right now. So we're uh, we're pumped about next season, but focused on this season with the playoffs that 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 are up front. Good luck with the postseason, Austin. Thank you. Our next question is going to come from Scott Chancy. Go ahead with the question, Scott. Austin, how does Darlington sit your racing style? Well, I think long races in the past have fit my racing style. Um, plenty of time um, to make the car better. Uh, being a long race, 500, all my wins have come 500 miles or more. So I believe that's right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think it's a, it's a good one for us. Uh, we like the long distance races and, and it's a place that falls off. Uh, our RCR has always been known for long run speed. Um, short run speed has something that we've struggled with, but we're trying to change. But it's nice that we're going to a place that long run speed matters a bit. Our next question will come from Pete Iacabelli. Go ahead with the question, Pete. Austin, are, are you feeling okay? Have you had any effects since testing positive uh, for COVID? And in a crazy way, do you almost feel like you have an advantage because you've already tested positive for the disease and may not be able to get it again? Who knows? Yeah, you know, I mean, who knows, truthfully. You, know, you still got to be safe and practice all everything that we've been practicing all year, safe social distancing and wearing a mask. Uh, you know, I, uh, um, it's, it, it does feel good to have had it and know what it's like um, and hopefully never experience it again. It's, 
it's it's hopefully done or antibodies obviously in me but yeah it feels a little better um than some of those guys in the playoffs that you know have to worry about it uh, uh more i think than i do uh but yeah no i'm not experiencing any kind of uh i feel great you know i've been riding a a road bike um working out i had a massive pickleball game with my dad and i beat him that was pretty nice uh it, it got, went went pretty deep there i sweated a lot right before the daytona race so and it was hot down there so yeah you know I, i'm a i'm an active person love to get out and, and play sports so i feel good and um prepared for uh, what's ahead our next question is going to come from dustin albino go ahead with the question dustin yeah, Austin, obviously as a team, you want to have both cars in the playoffs, but is it almost an advantage only to have one in the playoffs and all the resources behind you? Yeah, you know, you definitely want both. You know, it's just good for the company when you have uh, both cars in, and Reddick's been very fast. But, yeah, the, you know, I feel like in the past I've been on both sides of this this deal where you're in or you're out, and, and the focus flips to whoever's in. Um, and it feels good to have all the focus here at RCR. We've got some great teammates and uh, great employees here that can do all they can to put effort into each car we take in the playoffs. Um, and I'm sure Tyler and Randall have already asked Tyler for his notes after Darlington. You know, we, we've uh, worked together all year um, uh, pretty great. So I think it's, it's, uh, it's a good thing for us, but we'd love to have both in, in the playoffs. Cool. Awesome. Thanks for your time. Our next question is coming from Jeff Megaliacetti. Go ahead with your question, Jeff. Good afternoon, Austin. Thank you for joining us. You've been to the playoffs twice this far. This be your third trip. Where do you think you're better prepared this time around? And what's going to be the biggest factor in finally breaking that round of 16 threshold? Is this my third or fourth trip? Uh, third, I believe. I feel like it's my fourth. Because I went on a one-day tone, I made it. I pointed my way in, and the 600. This should be my fourth. Okay. Sorry, yeah. I just. No, it's totally fine. Totally fine. Uh, but to make, but you're right. The biggest thing is making it a couple rounds further. So, uh, yeah, you know, I want to survive in advance. Um, take the experiences from the ones past. I think the biggest thing um, I've learned is, you know, the points matter. When you're sitting at the end of these stages, or at the end of the race, when you have a point right in front of you, you got to do what it takes to to get that point. You can't ride you got to use the front bumper to get it i mean however you got to get it um strategy is also another key and you know you try and lean on the strategy we've been very good on strategy this year to be able to score points um so we'll use some of that and, and uh also i think you got to be defensive at times when you're struggling because there's going to be times when the car's not handling right and um you got to hold up the guys out back and be good in the mirror i mean there's guys that are professionals at it joey and brad are very good at holding track position when their car is struggling and that puts them in a better spot when the caution comes out if they've held a couple more spots and then their pit crew comes and picks them up a position with one adjustment their car is able to win you know what i mean or a little cleaner air and so knowing that there's going to be times when you're struggling um, how you handle those and uh, taking every position you can take when a point is on the line this is the fourth trip, by the way. So uh, thank you, Austin, no matter if it's third or fourth. So, uh, <laughs> no, good luck. Okay. Thanks. Our next question is going to come from Michael Shelton. Go ahead with your question, Michael. Thank you very much. Well, Austin, when you did win your crown jewels and make the playoffs in 2017 and 18, Justin Alexander was your crew chief. Obviously, last season, 
you know, RCR took a chance, had Danny Stockman, the man who led you to your Xfinity and Truck Series titles as your crew chief, but unfortunately didn't yield the same results. Now Justin Alexander is back with you this time around. So I just wondered how much does his return to the pit box uh, have on your effect in making the uh, playoffs again this season? How much of a difference has it made? Well, it's just been good for the entire organization, the team. Um, Justin, you know, to go through what he had to go through last year, uh, being switched off our team, and the way he handled it was just so professional. And um, I think also when he came back, you know, I just committed to him, you know, my full attention um, each and every week. And he has, he has delivered that back and more. And, and I think I've done the same for each other. And we have a, a different respect for each other this time around. And um, he's always been able to talk to me in a different way that challenges me um, to be better um, over the radio. It doesn't get me frustrated or fired up and, and I don't lose my focus. He's all about the focus and maximizing our day. Um, and I, I also feel like the spotter that we've got this year, Brandon Banesh, has been a, a big help also. And those three, um, my mom, she's following us all the time and she listens to the radio and she's like, you are very fortunate because these guys are on a different level right now, the way they communicate um, on channel two. She said she's never heard anything like it through my cup career. And, and that's good. You know, I mean, they're on a good wavelength together and really focused on what we're doing and how, how to make our cars better and how to make me better and, and to get the best of, uh, of the three car. Thank you very much. Good luck to you this weekend in the, and in the playoffs. Thank you. Our next question is going to come from Davey Seagal. Go ahead with your question, Davey. Thanks, Matt. Austin, you touched on your mindset, how you kind of like people counting you out, being the underdog. With that being said, though, what are you, your guys' realistic expectations for these playoffs in particular, uh, knowing how dominant the four, the 11, and some of the other big guys have been this season? Well, you know, the four and the 11 um, are the two guys that everyone has circled, and I, I feel like they're pretty much in the final four at Homestead at this point with their points position. Now, granted, anything can happen with some of these lineups um, that NASCAR's created in the schedule for the playoffs. There are some places that a lot of destruction, chaos goes on. But I would say those two spots of the four are locked up um, when it comes to um, Denny and Harvick. Now, the other two other spots out there that we have circled that we need to take. Um, uh, that's, that's what I'm focused on is knowing that there's two spots available, I feel like, for the championship, and we have to chip away at it each and every week, treat it one race at a time, um, kind of the Bill Belichick attitude of – you know, maximize each week and then survive in advance, survive in advance and, and um, try and win a race, you know, win a race when it counts. When you get down to the end and there's guys that have more bonus points, the only thing to do is, is win. Uh, we were able to win this year. We made a good call at the right time, and we had the speed to be able to maintain it. In years past, I would say we, we probably wouldn't have had the, the speed to be able to maintain at a mile and a half, but this year we do. And that's what's exciting is um, anything can happen with the right moves made. Thanks. And just so you know, I don't want you to end up in Miami for the championship. It's at Phoenix this year. I mess up too. <laughs> That's right. I, hey, I, I had a good run at Miami, so I kind of wish it was there, but we'll go to Phoenix anyways. Ten four. Thank you. Our next question will come from Peter Strata. Go ahead with your question, Peter. Yes, Austin, we saw the RCR command center in detail after their big win in Texas. They gave you the winning call. What's the balance in making those pivotal calls between Justin on the pit box versus the team back in welcome? 
Yeah, you know, I think Justin truthfully makes the the call, and I would give him credit for the win at Texas. Um, I think the what the the war room has done has just give us um, another option uh, and more of an eye in the sky to relay information that Justin might not be able to process fast enough. Um, the the ability to process information fast is key to success, and those guys in the war room can can be focused on other information that Justin can't see so they can relay that to him and him trusting him is, is another part of that. Um, but I do feel like at Texas myself and him kind of made the call. Um, and then with, with help from our data showing it that, that this was available and it's the smartest route to go as far as keeping track position. Um, it was, it was the right decision to make. So we'll definitely use our war room. We'll definitely use our strategy tools um, to help us gain as many points as possible and hopefully put us in a situation where we can win again. Our next question will come from Eric Smith. Go ahead with the question, Eric. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, Austin, with speaking of the, the team aspect you guys have, uh, eight of the ten playoff tracks this year you've already been to um, coming into the playoffs and without practice, how much do you rely on your notes from those other eight races? And you think that's an advantage for a team like RCR that some of these bigger teams don't have that practice advantage? Um, I've, I think it's been good for us, you know, not having to practice. I think it's good for me. I don't overthink things and talk about it all night with myself. Um, I just go, you know, I, we make a decision um, after we run our simulation and um, we go from there. It's a little less stressful when you've got practice and all kinds of adjustments to worry about. It kind of simplifies things and makes you uh, go with what you know works and then you adjust it throughout the race. So, I don't know if it's an advantage. I mean, I feel like our, this year's been good for us, but I feel like it's also been good because we've had faster race cars than in years past. So um, maybe, maybe it's been good. I don't know. Um, sometimes you want practice, sometimes you don't. But I, I, I feel confident with the way we're doing it right now. Thanks, Payne. Good luck this weekend. Our next question will come from Marty Chikala. Go ahead with your question, Marty. Thanks, Matt. Austin, congratulations on making the playoffs uh, this year. Um, kind of following up on an earlier question, you know, uh, I know Tyler Reddick, he's a rookie, and he's had a great – but he's had a great year. Is it kind of uh, surprising that he didn't make the playoffs this year via points? Um, not, not surprising. I think, uh, you know, for him, he's uh, always wants as much as he can. He's a champion. He's uh, – done a great job this year, found a lot of speed at different tracks. Um, but as a rookie, man, it's, it's tough. I mean, if you don't get a win like Cole or myself, that it's, it's tough to point your way in. And just a couple places that he, he probably can go back and look at that would change something he would have done or things that happened, you know, Pocono, he had something go wrong with power steering. You know, that's a lot of points right there. Uh, could have put him in a different situation, but, um, you know, I think he did and does has done an amazing job all year uh, as a rookie, and uh, I think he'll be in the playoffs for years to come. So it's it's one of those things um, that uh, he's probably disappointed at, but I think everybody knows that he's got the speed and the pace to win races and be a uh, in the playoffs and a real contender for years to come. Thanks for your time, Austin. Good luck to you this weekend. Thank you. Our next question is going to come from Bob Pockers. Go ahead with the question, Bob. Yeah, Austin, is it more important for you to win a race in these last 10 races or advance through to the championship? Um, 
I would say, I mean, I would love to win and advance the championship. So, I mean, come, getting a win at the right time to advance in the championship would be, um, I think, the goal. You know, you get to the – you survive in advance, and then you come down where you have to win and you make it happen. I think that's what some of the great guys have done. You know, Kevin Harvick has shown an uncanny ability to be able to win when he needs one. Um, that's where you want to get to is where you're confident enough where you can go and, and take a victory. But um, a trophy – is always good. I, I'd love to win another trophy in the last 10. So let's just go with trophy. Our next question is going to come from Rebecca Cottingham. Go ahead with your question, Rebecca. Hi, Austin. This is Rebecca Cottingham from Legacy Maker Sports Network. Do you have a favorite track that you're looking forward to in the chase? I know you talked about, you know, Darlington's car is one of your favorites with the history, but do you have a favorite track that you're looking forward to? Yeah, so Richmond is circled right now. Um, Richmond is the place I had two sixth-place finishes a year ago, I believe, or something like that. We've had some good runs there, and we've had a something that just hits for me that's, that's good, and I feel like we had speed to finish better than sixth. Things just didn't play out our way um, with strategy. So um, Richmond is circled right now on my list, and that's as far as I really would go. Um, Vegas is another one. Um, so those are the, the – in the first six, Vegas – well, heck, I'll just say all the ones that I feel like we could win at. Richmond, Vegas, Martinsville, um, Texas, obviously. And then, yeah, those are my favorite tracks circled right now that I feel like I, being honest about speed and where our setups have been in the past, that those are good places for us. Thank you. Best of luck this weekend. Our final question is going to come from Tucker White. Go ahead with your question, Tucker. Thank you. Austin, coming up, entering your uh, rookie season back to 2014, I believe you were coming off a championship in the Xfinity Series, and you pretty dominant that season despite not winning a race. And your rookie season, you kind of fell flat. Then, likewise, uh, Tyler Reddick was coming off back-to-back -back championships in the Xfinity Series and wasn't the one who made the playoffs, while Cole Custer was the rookie from this class who did. And that was just a circumstance where – pieces fell into place for him. So uh, what kind of learning curve is there, drivers going from either the Xfinity or Truck Series to the Cup Series? Um, well, it's it's uh, number one um, automotive racing series in the world, in my opinion. It's the hardest one to win in. Um, you got multiple winners um, that are great at what they do. You know, everybody that's gotten to this point has won and done something that has gotten them to here. Um, I think uh, every level in the sport you go to, from trucks to Xfinity to Cup, there's a, another level you have to reach as a driver um, to step up your game. And I felt like, for me, the formula was uh, rookie of the year in the truck series and win a championship in the truck series. Then it was rookie of the year in the Xfinity series and win a championship in the Xfinity series. Um, I get to the cup series and I was hoping that it would be the same way, you know, win a rookie of the year and go win a championship the next, but um, it's a different level. And uh, I've learned that over the last couple of years, we made the playoffs and the playoffs are a huge feat when you're in the cup series. I mean, you look at the Xfinity series, in my opinion, there's, if you don't finish in the top 10, you're struggling every week. And I would even go up to eight um, past that. It's not uh, what the cup series is where you're fighting all the way back to, 
what, 22nd, 23rd with guys that have won in the Xfinity Series, 24th maybe. Uh, but they're, they're just a different level of competition, and um, that's what it is. And uh, it takes a lot. I mean, you can have a good crew, a good team, good car, good pit crew, and still not win. You have the fastest car and still not win. Um, every week's just a challenge. So learning, I think uh, the learning process from a rookie to the next year is, is big. Uh, that's why we get so excited about rookies that come in and finish well early on in their career because um, you, you hope that the only way forward is up because they're knocking some great finishes out their first year. They're probably going to be fine. Thank you. Well, Austin, By the way, I like for... your mask. Thank you. <laughs> good stuff. Well played. And, Austin, good luck this weekend at Darlington and good luck throughout the NASCAR Cup Series playoffs, brother. We now have – Cole Custer joining us, driver of the number 41 Ford Mustang for Stuart Haas Racing. We're going to go straight into questions, and our first question is going to come from Deb Williams. Go ahead with your question, Deb. Okay, thank you. Congratulations, Cole, on making the uh, playoffs in your rookie season. You made your uh, the Xfinity Series playoffs last year, but with this being your rookie season in cup and making the cup playoffs, how do you, other than the racetracks involved in the playoffs, how do you see these playoffs being different from last year as well as your approach to them? Um, well, I think the biggest thing is that there's just more competition. Um, you know, in the Xfinity series, you have probably, you know, five to six guys that can probably make it to Miami where here it's, uh, you know, there's 10 or 12 guys that could. So, it's uh, it's tough. I mean, you got to try and you got to be really competitive. And you got to beat a lot of good guys. But at the same time, you don't want to put yourself in a hole either. So there's a lot to balance. Thank you. And good luck. Thank you. Our next, our next question is going to come from Jenna Fryer. Go ahead with your question, Jenna. Jenna, do you copy? Okay, we're going to go next to Mark Garrow with PRN. Go ahead with your question, Mark. Thank you, Cole. What does it feel like to make the playoff and we so-called experts, nobody had you making the playoff uh, when the year started and yet you're in. So how, how does that make you feel and what are your expectations? Um, I mean, it's huge. I mean, I think we can go in there and, you know, prove some people wrong is the biggest thing, but at the end of the day, I mean, it's about being consistent and it's about being competitive. And uh, I think, you know, we found to try and, you know, we've had a lot of peaks, peaks and valleys, I think, at times this year. Um, but at the same time, you know, we just need to try and level it out more going into these playoffs. And I think if we can be consistent and we can uh, put it all together, put all the pieces together for these last 10 races, I think we've shown that we can, we can compete with anybody. It's just um, trying to put those pieces together every single race. Thank you. We're going to try again with Jenna Fryer. Go ahead with your question, Jenna. Still not hearing you, so we're going to go next to Jeff Gluck. Go ahead with your question, Jeff. Yeah, Cole, um, obviously uh, you're, you're probably considered a dark horse. So I'm wondering, um, aside from you, um, who do you think is a dark horse team or a surprise that people should watch for as these playoffs go on? You know, I mean, I think you look at my teammate, Eric Almirola. I mean, I think they've been kind of knocking on the door, you know, all year pretty much um, being consistent. And it only takes one thing to go right. And I think they can win some races. So 
um, I can I can definitely say that you can probably look at them a little bit. Thank you. Our next question will come from Bob Pockers. Go ahead with your question, Bob. Yeah, Cole, you're rookie of the year since you made the playoffs and the others didn't, and it's created a lot of chatter on the Twitterverse and stuff. I'm curious, uh, do you read it? Does it, people who say you don't deserve it, do you get mad at it? And kind of where do you fall on how rookie of the year should be decided? I don't know. I'm, I don't make the rules. <laughs> but uh, at the end of the day, I guess we want it, you know. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm not the most confident guy out there that's going to say that I'm better than all those guys. I know that, you know, all of us, I think, have been pretty competitive this year. And, you know, I think we've all made big strides. And, you know, it's just a matter of, I don't know. We want, we want a Kentucky. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> so we were working the years. So um, it's, it's tough to uh, swallow, I guess, for some people, but I think uh, it is what it is. So I, I'm going to be proud of it. And I think our team should be proud of it. And I think we've, we've shown that we can compete and we can, you know, have good finishes. So it's just a matter of being consistent and putting it all together. Thank you. Our next question is going to come from Dustin Albino. Go ahead with the question, Dustin. Yeah, Cole, right off Bob's question, uh, obviously there was a stacked rookie class, so what's it mean personally to win rookie of the year? I mean, it's huge. I mean, to have, you know, be able to race against those guys, you know, Tyler, Christopher, um, John Hunter, I mean, I think we were all, you know, made huge strides this year, and we all, you know, were fairly competitive, and it's uh, it was definitely cool to be able to race these guys for the last 10 to, you know, 5 to 10 years, and, you know, to – to move up to the cup level together and have that battle still kind of going on was, was really cool. Thanks, Cole. Our next question is going to come from Brian Mapes. Go ahead with your question, Brian. Hey, Cole, you've had a lot of in-season success, but you've never gotten that season-long award like Christopher Bell's got the trucks, Tyler's got the Xfinity title. What was it like uh, with that rivalry with them to finally get one over on them? Um, I mean, it's cool, you know. I mean, uh, to win that, it, it's one of those things you're going to look back in five to ten years and say that was pretty cool to win because, you know, it was a really good rookie class. And I think it's it's cool. I mean, I, I don't know what else to say about it, but it, it's uh, one of those things where it was competitive. And I think for us to come out on top of it, it's definitely something to be proud of. Our next question is going to come from Steve Schweitzer. Go ahead with the question, Steve. Austin Dillon was just on, and he said that uh, every single point is important um, when it comes down to playoff time. And if you've got to put a bumper on somebody, that's what you do. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? And uh, as you being a rookie, are you a little less uh, um, likely to take that approach? Uh, no, I think he put it about right. You know, you're not going to do it every single lap and every single time in the race. you got to do it at the right time. But um, – if it's going to move you to the next round or it's what you need to do to make your team move forward, it's, it's what you got to do. Um, I don't want to be wrecking people. I think for me, it's, you know, you want to move them out of the way cleanly. I don't think you want to just start wrecking people, but um, it's something where you got to do what's best for your team. Thank you. Good luck. Thank you. Our next question is going to come from Davey Seagal. Go ahead with your question, Davey. Thanks, Matt. Cole, uh, you got some unique circumstances having all of your teammates with you in the playoffs. And I assume information sharing and the help that you guys give each other will be the same. So if so, how often will you lean on them, notably Kevin, since you've worked with him in the past in your years in Xfinity? Yeah, I mean, Kevin's been a, a huge help to me this year. I've tried to talk with him pretty much every single week, 
weekend to try and get an idea of what to expect going into the races. And um, he's definitely been a huge help. Um, at the same time, I think you got to make your own path at times. and You got to have your own ideas because um, at sometimes, you know, you're just going to confuse yourself having a, lot, having a lot of different people talking in your ear. So um, I think, you know, we all, I have some great teammates at Stuart Haas racing and we've obviously all made the playoffs and that's a huge deal for our organization. And it's just a matter of, uh, you know, you, I think we have a great team that can work great together and um, share info. And it's just, it's, it's a dream come true, I guess, to have those kind of kinds of teammates. Thank you. Our next question is going to come from Mitchell Brewer. Go ahead with your question, Mitchell. Well, looking ahead at the first round of the playoffs, there's two tracks that you raced at twice this season and two tracks that you won at last season in Xfinity. Does that raise your confidence going into the next three races? Um, I think so for sure. But uh, at the same time, you know, you got to make sure that you're doing your homework before the races and um, going in there a hundred percent. There's a lot of things that can go wrong in the playoffs. I think we've seen in the, in the past. So it's a matter of trying to, make sure you don't put yourself in a hole, I think is one of the biggest things. And, um, you know, you gotta be, you gotta run competitively. That's for sure. But, um, you don't want to be one of those guys that has to be desperate going into the final race. Our next question is going to come from Jeff Magalietti. Go ahead with the question, Jeff. Hey Cole, congratulations. And thank you for joining us outside of the Stuart Haas garage. Who have you turned to, who has given you the best advice in term in terms of dealing with this playoff process? Um, you know, I think I lean on my crew chief, Mike Shiplett, a lot. He's been a, he's been a huge help. I mean, over the past two years of being a really calm guy that can give you a lot of advice on a lot of different things. And, um, he's definitely, you know, pointed me in the right direction a lot of, a lot of times. And I think going into these playoffs, it's just a matter of taking it one step at a time and you do things, you do enough things, right. You're going to find yourself in a good position. Thank you, Cole. Good luck. Thank you. Our next question is going to come from Kathy Brown. Go ahead with your question, Kathy. Kathy, can you copy? Okay, our next question is going to come from Kelvin LaPierre. Go ahead with your question, Kelvin. Hey, Cole, congrats on making the playoffs in your rookie season. Going back to the advice you've kind of gotten, has Tony Stewart given you any advice being the team owner going into uh, what to expect here in the first round? I mean, Tony's definitely a, you know, probably every driver's dream come true to have as a boss. I mean, somebody I've watched since I was a little kid on TV and one of the you know legends of our sport um, is, is pretty amazing. And he's definitely one of those guys that, you know, to have somebody, you know, give you support going into different things and going into races and into the playoffs, it means the world. I mean, you know, you know we had a team prep rally this week and he was on it and on the Zoom call, obviously, because we can't do it in person now, but um, you know, to have that kind of support from him and seeing how we're doing it is, is it means a lot for me who I've, I've watched him since I was a little kid. All right. Thanks, Cole. Good luck this weekend. Thank you. We're going to try Kathy Brown once again. Go ahead with your question, Kathy. Hi, can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. This I'm new to this. Um, I'm not an expert, but I did have you winning a race this year and making rookie of the year. So congratulations. With that being said, is there anything in this totally different world that we're in, being a rookie, that you feel that you've missed out on with the COVID-19 situation? 
Uh, you know, I think all the races with the fans before the race is probably the biggest thing. You know, it was cool going through Daytona and still having, you know, it be a normal race, you know, because you have all the pre-race stuff going on and it's really cool. And, you know, I think that's one of the biggest things, just the atmosphere before the races with the fans is probably the biggest thing that we missed out on. Okay, thank you. We're going to go next to Bob Pockers. Go ahead your question, Bob. Yeah, Cole, do you feel like you're at a disadvantage being a rookie in the playoffs as well as not having any practice? Uh, you can go back and forth on it for sure. I mean, I think I would definitely like some practice. <laughs> you know, it's kind of one of those things, even though we've been to, you know, tracks like Darlington before, you know, some of these guys have been there for 10 to 15 years. And, um, you know, there's stuff as a rookie that we just like to try in our car to see if it was better or worse. Um, but we don't really have that opportunity. So we make our best educated guess on what, you know, we brought there last time, what our teammates did and uh, what we've, you know, compiled through this whole year of what works and what doesn't work. But um, it's just a matter of adapting as fast as you can and trying to use your notebook as best you can. Our next question will come from Michael Shelton. Go ahead with your question, Michael. Thank you very much. Well, kind of following up on what was asked of you earlier, Cole, obviously Darlington's a track you had success at in the Xfinity Series. You raced there, of course, twice this year, but this is the Southern 500, one of the crown jewels of the sport. I just wondering, you know, racing there, your throwback weekend, all the festivities and the history involved, what's going to be your mindset entering this Sunday's race as opposed to your previous Darlington races? Will it be a little bit more nerves or um, I think so for sure. Uh, one of the biggest things is how you manage your car for that long of a race in a playoff race. Um, you know, a lot of times, sometimes you kind of be a little bit conservative at the start of the race to make sure you don't knock the fence down and ruin your day. Or now, I mean, you might have to be aggressive from lap one. So you might see a lot more guys hitting the fence throughout the race. So um, that's probably the biggest thing is how you're going to manage your car throughout that long of a race. I think it's the biggest thing. Thank you. Good luck. Thank you. Our next question is going to come from Gabe McDonald. Go ahead with your question, Gabe. Gabe, you're on mute. Yeah. Go ahead with the question. Yeah. Well, uh, just piggybacking on that, how would you say this track kind of fits your racing style? Um, I think for me, it's just it's a fun track to go and move around at and try and what you know you do what's best for you. Uh, you can kind of figure out your own kind of path uh, of what works and what doesn't for your line and how you work the throttle and how you want to save your tires and I think uh, everybody kind of has their unique thing of in their own style of how they attack that racetrack. Our next question is going to come from Luis Torres. Go ahead with your question, Luis. Hey, Coles. So this is the third time this season going to Dar to Darlington with no practice, of course, as many, and I imagine you are very accustomed to at this rate. How important is it going for the rest of the season to have those races, with the exception of the Roval coming back, and rely on the notes that you've had to be better at those races? Um, it's huge. I mean, obviously, I mean, that's all we have to really lean on is, you know, what, we've, what we brought there last time because we don't have any practice to kind of work through things. So um, having keeping good notes and, you know, making sure you're staying on top of things and coming to the racetrack prepared and, you know, crossing all the T's and dotting all the I's is pretty much everything that we need. You know, it's very important right now. So I think we, we've kept good notes. We've, we've gotten better throughout the year, and it's just a matter of trying to put all the pieces to the, to the puzzle together. All right, thank you, and best of luck. Our next question is going to come from Marty Chikawa. Go ahead with your question, Marty. Thanks, Matt. 
Uh, Cole, congratulations on making the playoffs. Um, you're one of the uh, lower-end uh, drivers on the playoffs, coming in 11th ranked. There's a bunch of wild card tracks we've got on the schedule. Obviously, we've got Bristol as the cutoff for the round of 16, Talladega on the Roval in the round of 12, and then we got Martinsville in the round of 8. Of those four tracks, uh, which wild card track do you think that you could use the best to your opportunity to try and make it up the rankings? Um, you know, whatever one's next, I guess. You know, you just look forward to the next one and you take it one step at a time. I don't know how else to answer your question, really, but um, it's definitely, you know, there's some tracks. I think I think all the cutoff races are going to be tough ones because they're very unpredictable and they're very – uh, they're tracks that a lot of things can go wrong at. So I think they're all going to be pretty exciting. Thanks for your time, Cole. Best of luck this weekend. Thank you. And our final question is going to come from Cole Cusimano. Go ahead with the question, Cole. Hey, fellow Cole. Uh, looking ahead to Phoenix, should you advance? Uh, you got your first top 10 of 2020 there, and you got a top 10 at Loudoun as well, a track that races really similar to Phoenix. Um, with another similar track in Richmond coming up soon, how important is it to fine-tune your notes for that series finale? And are you confident in your data already attained with that new package? Yeah, I think, you know, we've been good at the, the flat tracks, it seems like, flat short tracks this year. So, um, you know, it's tough. Like I said, there's no practice to work through things. But at the same time, you know, we've had a good notebook and we make our best educated guesses going into the race. And I think we've done good at that. And, uh, you know, it's just trying to use all your notes and trying to make sure that you don't, Leave, you know, you cross all the T's and dot all the I's pretty much going into every single race. Thank you, sir. Well, Cole, congratulations for making the playoffs and good luck this weekend at the track too tough to tame as you start the 2020 NASCAR Cup Series playoffs. Thank you. I appreciate it. Take care. All right. We are going to um, get started and roll straight into questions. Um, we will take our first question from Jeff Gluck. Jeff, go ahead with your question. Hey, William, um, I'm wondering, other than yourself, uh, who do you think is a dark horse team or a surprise to make a run that uh, people should watch in the playoffs? Oh, man, that's a good question. Um, I think, honestly, I'd say, I'd say Eric Almarola. I mean, I just think their consistency, you know, I, I think they've been consistently fast at a lot of these tracks. So, um, the only thing with that is I feel like a lot of the tracks are going to be much different uh, in the playoffs than the ones that we ran in the summertime. You know, typically summertime's a lot of two-mile tracks and um, big, fast, open racetracks, and that's not really the case in the playoffs. So, But I'd say they've performed pretty well throughout. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're going to take our next question from Jason Brown. Jason, go ahead. Thanks, Amanda. William, thanks for the time. Uh, congrats last week, and I know that was big for you, partner. That, that was such a Thank huge you. deal. You obviously you just dealt with a stressful pressure pack situation and, and you know trying to advance into the playoffs. So tell me a little bit about the mindset now for your team going forward. You've got these next three weeks. So obviously you'd love to get a, another checkered flag, but take me through – I guess the, the, the mindset right now that you guys are going through. Honestly, for us, I think that now having that first win um, of the season, first win for me, for this team, I feel like we're more focused on just executing the details of each race. Um, you know, obviously our goal going into this year was to make it further than we did last year in the playoffs, which was the round of 12 last year. So 
if we can make it to the round of eight this year, it would be a success for sure. Uh, we just have to take it one race at a time. And a lot of these tracks are good for us. I think the first round is probably the weakest of the tracks um, for us. So we just have to try to focus on that and, and try to try to just, you know, compete in every race and, and hopefully get out of this first round with a great race at Darlington. Uh, Richmond's definitely our toughest of the three. So we're going to have to really work hard at that place to, to have a good run. Okay, we're going to take our next question from Lee Spencer. Lee, go ahead. Thank you. Congratulations on the win and the new contract. Um, what, how did all of that come into play? And were you already negotiating prior to the win? Yeah, honestly, for us, we, um, we were already kind of negotiating that. Um, I had one year left uh, after this one, so it wasn't, it wasn't super urgent to get it done or anything. But um, when, when Hendrick came to me and, and wanted to sign for a couple more years, I was thrilled. And I think that, you know, honestly, it's worked out well for both of us. And um, the fact that they have confidence in me is, is a great thing. And I can just go out there and race as hard as I, as I can and, and try to, uh, to do the best I can for them. So um, they've, they've made that known that they just want to um, want me to focus on the racetrack and, and I'm going to try to do that throughout the playoffs for sure. Appreciate your time. Good luck in the postseason. Thank you. Okay, we're going to continue with questions. Our next question will come from Mark Garrow with PRN. Mark, go ahead. Thank you, and congratulations again, William. That was a heck of a final few laps at Daytona. It was Thank fun you. to watch. Congratulations. Um, as you uh, look ahead this first round, Bristol being the cutoff race, Daytona was a, was an unpredictable race. It's a you know it's a super speedway. Is Bristol, you think, going to be the same type of wild card where just about anything can happen and a surprise could pop up out of nowhere as well. Well, I think the surprise will just be um, some of the guys that maybe have issues uh, with their cars or, or uh, get caught up in a wreck, but I think you're going to have to run well and perform well to win that race. Um, you know, there's really not a, a fluke uh, per se. So I think, um, yeah, for us, we're, we're just going to have to focus on running well at Bristol. Um, it's a track where things happen really fast and um, you can't have mistakes on pit road. You can't have mistakes on the track. So it's uh, that's our focus is just have a mistake free race there. We had a fast car there um, in the first race of the year uh, back in June. And then the all-star race was okay for us. I think we finished somewhere in the top 10. So we just have to uh, try to try to improve and, and see what we can do. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're going to take our next question from Bob Pockers. Bob, go ahead. Yeah, William, how important is having that stability through 2022, especially in light, you know, whenever a company changes leadership, there's always questions about stability of the sponsorship. So to, to know that you're going to be there for a couple more years, is, I mean, how, how much does that impact you? Well, it's huge. I mean, I think for me, the, the confidence comes from knowing that Mr. Hendrick and Jeff have confidence in me no matter what sponsor or whoever is on my car. So they've made that known since I've been there is that uh, my deal is separate from any, anything like that. And, and I can go out there and compete hard and, and drive their car and, and they're going to make, make, make sure that I can be on the racetrack uh, each and every week. So I think that's, that's where my confidence comes from is just knowing that I'm going to be in that car and um, definitely with this deal, um, you know, I can focus on the playoffs and focus on trying to win more races. Thank you. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, we're gonna take our next question from John Newby. Go ahead, John. Thank you so much. William, you're in a great starting spot for the upcoming race at Darlington and you're lined up right next to Alex. Is there any talk about you guys maybe kind of getting a strategy together to race to the front of the pack or anything like that? I mean, not really, just because Darlington is not like a, a speedway racer or, or somewhere where you can really work together. But I think that, you know, for us all starting up towards the front, the three of us, I think that's going to be great. It's going to be an advantage um, to have four cars or three cars up there uh, competing for, for stage wins and things of that nature. So I think it's all going to elevate our game and uh, just gives us that advantage to be able to um, starting up front is huge at any racetrack. You know, Darlington luckily is a long race. So even if you start towards the back, you've got plenty of time to get towards the front, but um, yeah, it's, it's going to help having a, a great pit stall selection. Uh, that's really what comes to mind for me is having that great pit stall. Perfect. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Okay. We're going to take our next question from Michael Shelton. Michael, go ahead. Thank you very much. Well, William, congratulations again on the victory and the contract extension. Of course, you're only the second driver to win behind the wheel of the number 24 car. The other course being Jeff Gordon and your win last Saturday, uh, you accomplished uh, your first victory at a younger age than Jeff Gordon. I just wondered what were your emotions following that race, taking that checkered flag and did uh, Jeff Gordon reach out to you afterwards? Uh, definitely. It was, uh, it was cool to talk to Jeff on Sunday and just get his thoughts on it. And just um, the excitement there between the two of us, we've really worked well together in the past of just trying to um, trying to understand how to get better and improve. And he's given me some nuggets and some things that I can improve on. So it's uh, it's been great to, to talk to him about the team aspect and, and things that we can just do to continue to elevate our performance. And um, yeah, it, it's just been a, uh, it's been a great couple of days. I, I, I was super excited when we <laughs> finished that race, like we did. So it was really fun. Thank you. Good luck. Thank you. Okay, we're going to take our next question from Kelvin with ROC Sports. Kelvin, go ahead. Hey, William. Congrats on the win at Daytona and the contract extension with Hendrick. Uh, going in, your, your relationship with Chad Knauss a couple weeks ago was broadcast over the, over the airwaves there. You kind of had a struggle there. But since then, you guys have kind of rebounded. How important is that going to be going in to the first round where you say you've struggled at the three racetracks coming up? But his relationship with Jimmy and winning the seven championships. How's that help you going into these first round? I think it helps a lot. I mean, obviously we, we, a couple of weeks ago, we're struggling there at Dover, but we really turned it around. And since that, since that second race, we've, we've really been on, on it. So I think honestly for us, um, we've gotten past those hurdles and uh, we, we've been able to handle the pressure really well. Uh, so just, just knowing that the two of us together can handle the pressure and, uh, and go out there and do what we need to do. Um, yeah, I, I have confidence in him and, and we know that we can, we know that we can do, we have the same goals. You know, we, we both want to win and, and, um, you know, we'll do whatever it takes to do that. Thanks William. Good luck this weekend. Thank you. Okay. We're going to take our next question from Scott Chancy. Scott, go ahead. What is it about Darlington that makes it a challenge and try Oh gosh, everything. I, I think just the fact that it's two lanes wide, uh, you know, the fact that you have to run against the wall to make speed. Uh, these cars are super sensitive to hitting the wall to begin with. You can't really even touch the wall nowadays and, and get away with it. So um, you got to factor all that stuff in when you go to race at Darlington. So it's, um, it's a tough track. 
restarts are tough there because there's a definitely a dominant lane on the outside. So uh, having the choose cone in effect is going to make that a challenge as well. So uh, yeah, I mean, you can kind of name everything, the playoffs. I mean, it's going to, it's not going to be easy. Okay, we're going to take our next question from Cole. Cole, go ahead with your question. Hey, William. Uh, this is your second consecutive year in the playoffs. You're a year older. you got a wind under your belt. Um, more chemistry with Chad and the team. Uh, how does your approach to the 2020 playoffs differ from years past? I think, honestly, for me, just having that comfort of knowing what the playoffs is like. I mean, the first race last year in the playoffs was, was kind of uh, action-packed and intense for me, and um, I learned a lot through that and kind of um, you, know, you have to handle adversity. Well, I feel like we've been through, we've been through a lot of adversity this year. Uh, we've had a lot of tire issues. We've had some, some issues just with um, random things that have happened. So now we, we've kind of powered through all that stuff so we can go into the playoffs and, and know that we are able to handle that adversity. Well, thank you, sir. Mm -hmm. Okay. We're going to take our next question from Dustin Long. Dustin, go ahead. Thank you. Um, William, you mentioned uh, Richmond as, as being a challenging track. Uh, some others have mentioned that. One thing that's interesting about this year is that uh, the spring Richmond race wasn't held. So this will be the first time at, at Richmond this year. Obviously, there's some other tracks that maybe can correlate. What will the challenge be, especially with it being a playoff race, first time this season for, for you and, and, and for everybody else? Well, I mean, that's a good point. We haven't raced there um, this year. It's not, it's not one of my favorite tracks, um, but I think that, you know, for us, we, we will lean on our notes and information from uh, New Hampshire. I think we had a good run there. Um, you know, we also finished okay at Phoenix as well. I think two, I think we finished 11th at New Hampshire and 10th at, at Phoenix. So right around the top 10, uh, which is kind of our goal going into Richmond. I think if we can finish in the top 10, uh, it'll give us an opportunity to, to try to win it a couple other tracks. So, um, you know, I think it's one of those tracks that you kind of lower your expectations a little bit for us and try to just get out of there with a, uh, get out of there with the solid finish. Um, one that we can kind of gather the points we need to going into the next couple. Okay. We're going to take our next question from Noah Lewis. Noah, go ahead. Yeah. Hey, William. Uh, we heard, you know, we've talked a little bit about Chad Canales and we saw the turnaround at Dover and then what led to at, at Daytona. And, uh, and Chad's been very vocal on saying that he wanted to win with the 24 car. Have you guys talked at all or can you give us any insight on what the future holds uh, if Chad and, and you guys have talked about a next year run or, or uh, what, what he's feeling? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really handle all those talks and stuff with, um, with what's going on there, but yeah, I love working with Chad. I mean, I think he's, um, he's been great for my career. Obviously he's elevated me from, from where I was in my rookie year, where this team was in my rookie year, um, which was, you know, not something we were proud of and, and elevated us into a playoff contending team. So that a lot of that is thanks to him. Uh, it's not just me as a driver. It's, it's our engineers, it's our team, uh, pit crew, uh, mechanics, it's everybody that he's elevated their game for us to get into the playoffs two years in a row. So I think it's been um, it's been a great thing for me, and uh, I look I look forward to what's ahead. Um, you know, in these next ten races with him. Thanks, William. Congrats again. Okay, we're going to take one final question for William Marty with ROC Sports. Go ahead with your question. 
Thanks, Amanda. William, congratulations on the win uh, last Saturday and making it into the playoffs. I know Jimmy Johnson has meant a lot to you ever since you joined the Hendricks squad back in uh, 2017, I think it was. And this weekend, uh, what's it going to mean to uh, honor him throwback style in his uh, 2013 All-Star scheme for the 24? Oh, it's going to be really cool. I think, um, you know, honestly, for me, I, I'm excited about running that scheme. And I feel like what, looking at his car on the racetrack as well is going to be really cool. So I'm excited to see all those throwback schemes, um, particularly Jimmy's, and just um, look forward to, to seeing what that's like. I, mean, I think Darlington has a great tradition going there. Thanks for your time, man. Best of luck this weekend. Thank you. All right, William, we appreciate your time. Um, and um, you're free to move on to your next stop. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. We are going to roll straight into questions. Thanks for joining us today on what we know is a busy day. Um, we are going to take our first question from Kelly Crandall. Kelly, go ahead. Thank you. Hey, Kurt. Um, you had said a couple weeks ago, maybe about a month or so ago now, that you and Kyle missed practice. So I'm curious, going into the playoffs, having run these races once or twice already throughout the summer, will having a notebook at all be beneficial for your team to just have something to build off of? Yeah, with um, the schedule now being back on regular schedule, uh, you know, this is where you, you have to use that extra focus and intensity. And you can now use last year's notes in the same spot for, uh, for these races. So, yeah, it's been tough with no practice. Uh, but the notes that we have and the consistency within um, the runs we've had this year, uh, I'm looking forward to the, the next you know, few races and getting through these rounds and trying to get to that Elite Eight and, uh, and then try to win one of those races to punch our ticket to get to Phoenix and run for the championship. Thank you. Okay, we're going to take our next question from Jeff Gluck. Jeff, go ahead. Hey, Kurt. Um, other than yourselves, uh, who do you think is a, a team that people aren't necessarily talking about that can make a pretty good run here, surprise people uh, in the playoffs? Um, I think one of the surprises is uh, Alex Bowman. Um, the way that uh, you know, he runs well at, at the tracks that are abrasive and have that worn-out surface. Uh, and that's what you're going to see with Darlington. You see that at Richmond. Uh, and so I think he's one of those surprises that I think can go pretty far in playoffs. Great. Thank you. Okay, we're going to take our next question from Pete Occabelli. Pete, go ahead. Hey, Kurt. Um, you know, it seems like it's only a few months ago that we were at Darlington uh, before, but it probably feels like 100 years ago. Now, so many things have changed. How, how much of a watershed moment for 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 your sport, for other sports, was you guys getting back on the track and doing things the right way in order that we're here still racing? You know, it was so powerful and impressive to see how NASCAR put together the effort with the team owners, the drivers, and and putting in place all these safety protocols to be able to go out there and perform and to, to be that like beacon uh, of a light for all other sports to kind of focus in on us and to watch us. Uh, it came with that, that big moment of, of responsibility, but also, um, you know, everybody embraced that moment to, to create a, uh, you know, a, a, something big for NASCAR and to be able to go out there and race and, you know, and to, to get back to some sense of normalcy. Uh, everybody deserves a pat on the back in the NASCAR community. Okay, Bob Pockris. Yeah, Kurt, 
overall, when looking at the last 10 races, uh, is it more important to you as far as like what round you reach or more important just to get a win in the final 10? Um, I mean, ultimately, we're here for the championship. And you have to race, you know, each week with the mindset of getting points through the stages and, you know, checking off the, the, the boxes that it takes to get those points and to be consistent. And so, yes, of course, we want to win. Uh, but we want to advance through all the rounds to give ourselves a, a shot at the championship. So consistency has been good for us this year, and we just need to continue to do that and execute as a team to get through each of these rounds. Thank you. Okay, our next question will come from Alex Andrea. Alex, go ahead. Hey, Kurt, thank you for your time. Um, you know, I, this is a little bit off of Kelly's question and, and kind of what she had asked about. You said before you had missed practice and now coming into playoffs, you and Kyle have been sort of neck and neck in points this whole season. Are, are, have you guys talked about this playoff run sort of being like a reset for you and for Kyle too? I mean, how are you sort of looking at these next 10 races? Yeah, I'm looking at it uh, one race at a time. You know, we, we put ourselves in this position to, to be playoff eligible and to have a shot at the championship. And so we, we know that this is an opportunity to, to do something great. And so just one week at a time, uh, you know, I love Darlington. It's, it's one of my favorite racetracks, you know, with Richmond and, and Bristol, two short tracks in this first round. Uh, you know, we can't get too far ahead of ourselves, but just if we execute as a team, uh, we've got a great shot at all this. And uh, I know my little brother, though, He's putting a little extra stress on himself uh, because he wants to you know, win a race and to continue his streak of winning seasons. And so he's, he's throwing a little extra pressure on himself that way. And so maybe that'll be a distraction for him. <laughs> Thank you. All right, we're going to take our next question from Deb Williams. Deb, go ahead. Hi, Kurt. Thank you for taking time to be with us today. Uh, you, this is your 14th time in the playoffs, and it you, Denny Hamlin, and Kevin Harvick are the only three drivers who have been in the playoffs 14 times. You won your first, you won your championship the first year of the playoffs. You've been through all the different formats and with different teams. What are the most valuable or the most valuable thing you've learned through all that time and those experiences that you feel will benefit you the most in this playoff? I still think it comes down to consistency and mm -hmm. to know how to execute through each of uh, the stages in the races, but through each of the rounds. And, you know, just that consistency that, that we built on this mm -hmm. year with the Ganassi team, that's our strength. And that's what we have to use when we go through these different um, races and through these different rounds. And so just staying, you know, calm and cool and collected around our consistency, that's, that's probably the biggest thing that I've taken through all these years. Okay, thank you and good luck. Okay, we're going to take our next question from Mark Garrow with PRN. Mark, go ahead. Uh, thank you. Kurt, I was wondering what your thoughts on Bristol being a cutoff race and what that may mean to the finish of the race at Bristol. It's going to be big. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be a cool challenge, um, you know, to have that as a, a cutoff race. And the biggest thing is that, you know, like Darlington and Richmond, anytime a yellow comes out, most likely you're going to be pitting for tires. At Bristol, you can uh, stay out and change the sequence. And so that's where the, the variable of that pitch strategy call is, is going to be a huge difference maker. So 
you know, if we make it simple, we just win at Darlington, and that way we don't have to stress that round. Thank you. Okay, we're going to take our next question from Dustin Albino. Dustin, go ahead. Yeah, Kurt, thanks for your time today. You keep mentioning consistency. You got four top fives, 14 top tens this year. How would you assess where the one team's at uh, going into the playoffs? I think we're in a good spot. You know, um, we're in that underdog type position, but also, um, you know, the, the tracks that are coming up you know, with Darlington and Richmond, Bristol, those are all my favorites. And the team has run really well at those tracks. And so we just have to go execute as a team, um, not get too far ahead of ourselves and just execute. That's really what we got to do, um, you know, these first few races to get to the next round. Thank you, Kurt. Okay, our next question will come from Dustin Long. Dustin, go ahead. Thank you. Um, Kurt, can you just describe or explain to me what you're about to experience over the next 10 weeks? Um, you've done this many times, but just the emotional roller coaster you're about to go on for as much as, as you say, trying to remain calm and cool, um, just what you're going to experience. You know, it's a, it's a playoff mindset. It's a playoff atmosphere. And you can't, uh, can't get too far ahead of yourself. Each and every week, you know, it's just that laser focus on what it takes to execute and to put ourselves in good positions at Darlington. Once Darlington's over, then it's laser focused on Richmond. And so it's, again, just that playoff mindset and, and going and, and attacking it peacefully and, and, stra and strategically uh, because 10 weeks, it's a long run, but you got to stay on it. Okay, our next question will come from Lee Spencer. Lee, go ahead. Thank you, and thanks for joining us today, Champ. Um, you guys feel like you're missing it more so because Chevrolet's are at a disadvantage right now, or do you think it's Ganassi Racing? Uh, I feel like we've, we've done a good job uh, as a group at Chevrolet to work together on you know, super speedway racing, as well as uh, tire data and strategic pitch sequences and strategies. Um, I really think Chevy's done a good job and connecting everybody. Uh, yes, the Fords seem to, you know, be a little bit more powerful at, uh, at like the mile and a half with, with their horsepower that they have. Uh, the Toyotas, they seem like uh, their, their downforce is, uh, is a bit more than what we have right now. But hey, it's what we have. It's, it's right now and it's 2020. And I'm looking at our strengths with consistency is what we have to go through. It's what we have to take with us as we go through each of these rounds. Appreciate your time. Good luck in the postseason. Okay, our next question will be Jeff from Empire Sports. Jeff, go ahead. Good afternoon, Kurt. Thank you for joining us today. You're one of two drivers in this playoff bracket that, that ran without a playoff system, the other being Kevin Harvick. So my question is, how much has the playoff meant to you, and how much has it meant to NASCAR as a whole, and how it's changed the sport over the years in this, our 17th year of the postseason? Of course, Matt won the last non-playoff year. What I think it's done is uh, it gave it a, a strong comparison to other sports. There's that playoff atmosphere. There's that you know, championship race where – you know, four guys are eligible to win the championship and it's an even playing ground. You know, so when it was a, a long marathon process of going through all 36 races, that, that was a different sequence. That was um, maybe not, not as much intensity when it got down to the final rounds. And so with these 10 weeks, the playoff atmosphere is there and it, it relates well to other sports and that's where it draws in 
you know, more fans that might not have been NASCAR Thank fans Thank you, Kurt. Before. Best of luck to you and to the Golden Knights. Okay, our next question will come from John Newby. John, go ahead. Thank you very much. So, Kurt, you had a third place at the Real Heroes 400, and you've had some really good performances at Darlington. What is it about this track that works so well for you, and does it give you an advantage heading into the weekend? Yeah, I really enjoy running at Darlington. Um, you know, the, the way you have to race the racetrack and somewhat ignore the other cars out there while you're racing. Uh, it's that old school mentality of just race the racetrack, stay patient, and, and find the right setup changes to adapt to the, the track's changing conditions. And so it's, it's one of those crown jewel races too. You know, it's the Southern 500, kicks off our playoffs. Uh, I love the atmosphere right now. And so we're going after, we're going after strong. Perfect. Thank you. Okay, our next question will come from Scott Chancey. Scott, go ahead. Kurt, what would it mean to win at Darlington? Uh, it would mean the world to me. Um, a track that I really enjoy running. Um, I feel like I'm, I'm competitive every time I go there, but I haven't won. And so it's, it's one of those, those challenges of, you know, you love it, you hate it, but, you know, Darlington, you, you have to respect the racetrack and you have to do your job as a driver to communicate to the crew on, on what changes we need to adjust to. You know, the pit crew has a large responsibility at Darlington just because of uh, the abrasive surface and how much the tires wear out. So it's that full team effort. But uh, for me, I definitely want this crown jewel race. I want to put this, this trophy up on the mantle right alongside my Daytona win and right alongside a, a 600 win. Okay, our next question will come from Jordan Bianchi. Jordan, go ahead. Kurt, a non-playoff question, if you will. Uh, discussions going on about who's going to be in the 42 car next year. Wondering if you've offered your input or been asked to offer your input and what you'd like to see for a teammate in that car next year. Yeah, I've uh, given my input to Chip Ganassi and to our management. Um, you know, I think it's important to find the right combination of, uh, of a driver that, you know, can add to the program right away, but also will have years ahead of him or her on what they can bring to the program. Um, you know, it's, it's all about that teamwork effort right now. It seems like every year that I come back to race, there's more and more that uh, you have to, to rely on through different departments. And so a driver that comes into our program is going to have to be able to adapt to all those um, you know, departments and, and sequences. And so we'll, we'll see how things play out. Uh, I don't know where Chip is right now, uh, but I know we've got 10 weeks ahead of us with a playoff run. And that's, that's my focus on the number one car. Perfect. Thank you very much. Okay, we're going to take our next question from Stephen Taranto with 24-7 Sports. Go ahead, Stephen. Kurt, I wanted to ask you this because it's the Southern 500 weekend. As we've discussed the 2021 schedule and beyond, there's been a lot of talk about maybe shortening races and being more selective with uh, which races are 500-mile races. Right now, we've got 10 races on the schedule, which are either 500 miles or 500 laps. Do you think that that 500-mile mark should be reserved for special races like Darlington, like Daytona, uh, you know, Coke 200 in Charlotte? And uh, where do you think the sport is going uh, as far as that's concerned? Yeah, I think um, you're headed down the right path. I mean, if, um, if I had a magic wand and, and could wave it over our schedule, uh, you know, and, and adjust race lengths, 
yes, I think that, uh, you know, the Daytona 500 is 500 miles, right? You know, the, the Coke 600, leave that one. Darlington, it should be a 500 miler. And then maybe one more and that's it. Just have maybe four races uh, on the schedule that would be of that length. And that makes those races that much more of a marquee type win. And then the other races can be 400s or 300s. Sounds good. Thank you, Kurt. Okay, our next question we will take with Kelvin from ROC Sports. Go ahead, Kelvin. Thank you. Uh, thanks, Kurt, for joining us today. So you kind of hit on it, your strongest tracks coming up, Darlington, Richmond, Bristol. So with the points being as tight as they are, how important is it that these are the first three tracks for you and your race team and the confidence level going in that you could end up getting through and increasing that lead in the points to make it to that to that round of 12, then on to the round of eight? Yeah, I feel like, you know, at this point, it's just, it's a reset. You know, everybody's basically even in points. Uh, yes, there's the top five. I would say that Harvick, Hamlin, uh, Logano, Keselowski, and Chase are a little bit further ahead. But if, if we have one good stage, we can jump up to eighth in points, you know, before uh, the halfway break at, uh, at Darlington. So points are basically even right now. Uh, it's a matter of just staying calm and cool and, and being patient and finding the right points through the different stages and through these, uh, these first three races. Thanks, Kurt. Good luck this weekend. Okay, we're going to take one final question before we need to let Kurt go, and we will go to Michael Shelton. Go ahead with your question. Thank you very much. Well, Kurt, as your brother Kyle famously said, that's 2020, but could you have imagined a scenario where both you and him would be winless entering this year's playoffs? I was just curious how much you guys have talked about it and how much you've joked who's going to get the first win of 2020 between, you, between the two of you. Yeah, I never would have guessed. Um, you know, I felt like the way our season started uh, was, was strong and consistent. And then, you know, we had a shot to win the first race back after uh, our delay at Darlington. And then like, it just seemed like these opportunities here or there just like slipped through our fingers and we didn't execute to get those wins. Uh, and so my little brother, same thing. I feel like his luck uh, has definitely been a you know, he's, he's challenged his luck in many different ways, and it just hasn't unfolded for him to get those wins. Uh, but, hey, we're both championship eligible. We're in the playoffs, and here's the reset. So here we go. Thank you very much. Good luck. All right, Kurt, we appreciate your time. Thank you for joining us today. Um, we uh, wish you the best with the rest of your day. Thank you, guys. Good to talk to you. All right, we are going to roll straight into questions, and we're going to take our first question from Mark Darrow with PRN. Mark, go ahead. Thank you. Congratulations, Matt, on, on getting in. Uh, your thoughts on, are you playing with house money right now? A lot of people didn't expect you to get in, so are you, are you any, you've got nothing to lose. What's your mindset? Uh, yeah, I mean, the way I look at it is, uh, obviously, I was pumped that we – made it in and wanted it bad for the, uh, for the whole team, because we, we know that we're, you know, we could be a playoff contender, you know, not just make it and be there. Um, so I'd say, uh, the most stressful part was making it in the playoffs, but now uh, I feel like we are the most put together as a team and the most prepared and ready to go and execute, uh, to really make some hay and pick some guys off and try and uh, make it through 
uh, and, and do a really good job. So I would say it's uh, less stressful now and just more exciting that it's a little bit more of a clean slate where we're all grouped together in points and we can, uh, you know, show, uh, show the strength of our team now. Thank you. Okay, we're going to take our next question from Bob Pockers. Bob, go ahead. Yeah, Matt, now that you've made the playoffs and kind of, I assume, done live what people expected you to do, is it, do you start bugging Penske and saying, hey, let's get next year done? Um, you know, yeah, it's funny. We've talked about that, Bob. I, I hadn't even brought it up really <laughs> at all, or we hadn't even talked about it because uh, the focus was so much of just making the playoffs, which I'm so glad that we did for the team. But uh yeah, I mean, obviously driving the, I love driving for the Wood Brothers and our alliance with Team Penske is is incredible. And it's a home, that, it's a place I want to call home for many years to come. But um, uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll uh, get to that. I mean, my my contract has options built in for multiple years and they expressed that they wanted, you know, this to be a relationship we built for many years to come. So uh, I'd expect to have those, uh, those talks here, um, you know, pretty soon to, hopefully, you know, do what I, I assume uh, should be continuing to drive this uh, 21 car. Thank you. Yep. Okay, next question will come from Jeff Gluck. Jeff, go ahead. Sorry if there's background noise. There's a dude doing lawn mower work right outside my window right now. So. <laughs> You're good, I can't hear it. Okay, um, anyway, I was wondering, aside from yourself, uh, who do you think is a dark horse or a, a surprise that could make a run um, in the playoffs? Um, oh, a dark horse. I have to think. I think, uh, personally, I think there's a lot of, you know, tough contenders, but if I was picking somebody, we were talking last night and, uh, you know, I was watching some of the picks that, you know, NBC and Fox, everybody were making for the championship four. And, um, I, I thought that my pick would be, Hey, I think, uh, Chase Elliott might be a good, uh, you know, a good contender that might make it into that, uh, you know, final four. And, and make a splash and have a shot at winning a, win a championship. So there's a lot of good contenders, so it's tough to pick. Thank you. Okay, we're gonna take our next question from Deb Williams. And then after Deb, Ryan Moy, you may go with your question. Go ahead, Deb. Thank you, Amanda. And Matt, congratulations on making the playoffs this year. You came extremely close to winning Bristol last fall. Now Bristol is the final race in the first round of the playoffs. How do you view Bristol going into the, to this year, to this particular race? And do you feel like that may be your best shot for a victory in the first round? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, obviously I love Bristol. Everybody knows, knows that, but our team is strong there. Uh, we haven't gotten a show. We've had a couple unfortunate circumstances uh, both time we've, we've raced there. But we have fast cars, so I look forward to going there. I'd say that would be one circled off as a great opportunity for us to you know, get a win. I don't put too much emphasis on winning because there's a lot of things I have to, you know, work out for you to win a race on top of being really good throughout the day. Um, but that's a, one we definitely have circled off. I think uh, really this whole first round's grouped with some great racetracks. Darlington's a lot of fun. Richmond, I think, is a great track. Uh, could be a great track for us. Uh, I love short tracks. Our cars seem to be really fast on them. Uh, so they're in Bristol uh, being the cutoff race is uh, pretty exciting. Thank you, and good luck. Thank you. Hey, Matt, how you doing? Congrats on everything. Um, just quick question, you know, what, what was it kind of like, you know, taking that Wood Brothers car across that line and being a place where you were kind of boxed in for a lot of that race, but in the end, you came out, I mean, 
punch that ticket. So talk a little bit about uh, racing for Wood Brothers right now. Yeah, it made it, it made it extra special making the playoffs, driving the twenty one car, doing it for the Wood Brothers because you know, man, they have uh, they have so much passion for for what they do, and 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 it was so special too because uh, the, to give a glimpse of what it's like driving for the Wood Brothers, I uh, you know during the week that's one of the most stressful weeks ever. My wife's crying and panicking and <laughs> all that, and uh, I got a phone call multiple phone calls from, from all of them, from, you know, Linwood, Eddie Wood, John, all, all, you know, the whole family and Nancy's texting me. Um, and, and the family is, this is a glimpse of just how special it is driving for the family. They were so supportive and they have your back. And it was like, Hey man, just, we know, do your job. We're confident in you. And, you know, either way, you, you know, we're, we're happy with you and we have your back either way. It's not the end of the world. If we don't make it, if we do, we'll be real excited, but just don't worry about it and go do your thing and have fun and know that we have your back, you know, and things like that are so special, um, you know, to have, the, that's the kind of family that uh, I'm lucky enough to drive for and to be wheeling this 21 car. That's what one of the dynamics that makes us so special driving for the Wood Brothers. And it's really, really heartwarming and it really makes a bigger impact than they think. And even Nancy was texting my wife and helping calm her down, you know, all the things that really make a big impact and are special to us. Thanks, Matt. I appreciate it. And congrats again. Thank you. Okay, we're going to take our next question from Lena Washington. Go ahead. Hey, Matt. Lena Washington, ABC Congratulations on everything once again. Um, as you mentioned, you know, you don't put much emphasis on winning, but do you visualize yourself winning as part of your preparation, or do you kind of have you had that thought through your mind as you look ahead to these stretch of races? Uh, you know, I I think I the reason that I say I don't put too much emphasis on winning is, I mean, my goal is absolutely we want to win. Uh, that's a given, um, and I know we can win for sure, and we will. Um, so that's been my whole goal of my entire career. But as far as execution, the reason I say it is um, I feel like you can get too caught up in uh, focusing your race on like how do we win. How do we, you know, it's not always the best car that wins. And my focus is on how to make the most of our race car and the most of that day. You know, I'm going to not get too caught up in the fact of like, oh man, that guy's pulling away. How do we get to him? You know, it's just focusing on yourself, your car, your team, make the most of it and maximizing your day. And then hoping obviously it puts you in a position to uh, have a shot at winning when it comes down to the end of the race. So that's kind of how I, everyone prepares different mentally. Uh, that's how I prepare to go into a race, and I've learned over time. Um, and even this year, I've learned, like, hey, let, make sure I stay focused on this because it makes us better as a team. Thank you. Good luck. Thank you. Okay. We're going to take our next question from Ashley with Popular Speed. Go ahead with your question, Ashley. Hey, Matt. I was just wondering, what's one of the biggest challenges when it comes to running at Darlington Raceway? Uh, I'd say Darlington's a little unique in the in the sense that it's a place where you're you need to focus on racing the track, uh, you know, not not quite as much racing other people. You, you focus on minimizing your mistake, racing the track, making good adjustments. It's a long race, um, and keeping up with it, having you know, getting your car handling well. So you're kind of focused on yourself and your team, um, and not smacking the wall and things like that that can end your day. Perfect. Thank you. And best of luck in the playoffs. Thank you. Okay. We're going to take our next question from Cole with Popular Speed. Cole, go ahead with your question. 
Hey, Matt. Uh, earlier this year, we spoke about your goals for 2020 before the season started. Uh, you'd mentioned contending for wins and making the playoffs for the top of the list, which you successfully done. Um, so what's next on your checklist and what does a successful playoffs look like for you? Um, I mean, we would, uh, you know, clicking off a win would be great. <laughs> so that's, you know, that's a, a great goal. Again, when I say I don't focus too much on winning, that's more when I'm in the race car and on the track and, you know, from, from, you know, a goal standpoint, absolutely would love to uh, get that hundredth win for the Wood Brothers. Um, so that would be uh, an amazing goal to accomplish. I'd say uh, now that we're in the playoffs, uh, just focusing on executing and making the most of, of what we have. And hopefully that's making it through at least a round, couple rounds, you know, whatever it is, we're, we, we're competing for a championship. So uh, this is the time to, to shine for sure. And hopefully, uh, you know, make it down to the end. But um, I would say if I come out of it, knowing that we made the most of our race cars and executed well, um, and we continue to grow as a team, uh, if we want to race, that'd be, you know, uh, an amazing uh, end of the season, but uh, to really pick off a lot of positions and points, this is a, a great opportunity for us to capitalize on now that we're all closed in points wise and we're within striking distance and we're the most prepared as a team to go out there and uh, pick off a lot of guys. That's the most exciting part that could, uh, you know, kind of check off um, and, and the, the rest of the season and, and where we call it a success. Thank you. Good luck. Thanks. Okay, we're going to take our next question. Kelvin with ROC Sports. Kelvin, go ahead. Hey, Matt, congrats again on making the playoffs for your first time. Uh, have you, you really didn't have a chance to really sit back and reflect on it at Daytona. It was kind of a stressful situation with having to get into the playoffs, first of all. But have you had a chance to sit down, reflect on your career, going back from writing your name on the hood of a race, on the top of a race car to have your name on it, to parking it, to now actually being in the playoffs, being contending, and you're going into the Three tracks you really have a lot of good success with being the 750 horsepower packages coming up, and you mentioned that as well after your win. Are you kind of kind of had a chance to reflect and uh, stuff like that? Yeah, I mean that's what uh, I'd say. That's what contributes to a lot of the emotion and appreciation that people see. And when I say things like, you know, my wife crying because we make the playoffs and uh, all the accomplishments, that that goes back to uh, what you're what you're talking about is because of my past and my path to get here has been I've come you know so far and gotten so lucky uh, in the last handful of years to to fight and claw from you know starting barking a car or just doing anything to be you know in, in a car whether it's underfunded equipment and just show that I can you know drive and make the most of a race car uh, to fast forwarding now to driving in a way beyond dream opportunity running the 21 car, making the playoffs, driving for the Wood Brothers. Um, I mean, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty surreal to, uh, to have that opportunity to drive it. And, and all those things like you talked about make me and my whole entire family and everybody appreciate it to a, a completely different level that we wouldn't be able to without those experiences. Thanks, Matt. Good luck this weekend. Thank you. Okay, we're going to take our next question from Jeff with Empire Sports. Go ahead, Jeff. Hi, Matt. Congratulations and uh, happy belated anniversary. Uh, to kind of uh, 
to kind of bounce off of uh, Kelvin's questionnaire, could you possibly describe in your own words what this week has been like for you as a first-time playoff driver on a veteran level? Because you've just seemed so excited, signing the hats, giving away in the, for, the give, for the giveaway the playoff hats at this point. Could you just describe your feeling and your mindset and how great it is to finally break in to the playoff threshold? Oh, man, I'd say I'd describe this week as a relief <laughs> because it was so stressful and kept getting more stressful leading up to uh, Daytona and the points closed in. We lost the gap, you know, the buffer we had, all that. So just I'd call this week um, exciting. We got to celebrate with some friends out on the lake on Sunday and have a good time. But then, you know, come Monday, it was time to shift focus and just, uh, you know, we still got a lot of racing left and a lot to accomplish. Um, but it, it was uh, a relief, and it's just exciting moving forward now instead of stressful. Um, exciting knowing we have an opportunity to to really put a good end to our to our season and cap it off and, and have a lot more success, finish it off now that uh, we are in the playoffs. So I'm pretty uh, pretty pumped up about that and, and appreciative to be doing it for the Wood Brothers. Thanks, Matt. Good luck. Thanks. Okay, we're going to take, I believe we have time for one final question. Um, we'll go with Peter Strada. Peter, go ahead with your question. Thank you. Matt, you've had a great run to start off the season, but you've been on a slide throughout the summer. What can you and the 21 team do to reverse your inconsistencies? Yeah, that's a good question because I feel like uh, we started the year, to, re to kind of summarize our season, we started the year and we were uh, we we had fast cars, but we didn't execute well. Um, so we had a lot to work on. We're a new group working together, uh, so we didn't maximize our races, which that's frustrating if you don't maximize what you have and make the best of your days. So we really got to work communicating, like all right, what do we need to do? And obviously, during 2020, it's kind of crazy times. Uh, really worked on communication. Then the mid stretch, we got to where we were running up front weekly. Um, you know, we were, we got stage points, I think like eight stages in a row and, uh, you know, running top five, top 10 right up front. Uh, so that was great. <clears throat> then we got into uh, lately, you know, a little bit more of a slump where, and not all of them were execution related. We had, we went to Texas and we're running fourth and we get wiped out by a lap car. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that hurt us really bad, you know, points wise. Then we go to Kansas. Um, had just gotten our car really good where I thought we could run up there to the top five, at, you know, at least top 10 at worst. And we get uh, wiped out on a restart, you know, and then uh, in Bristol, we got wiped out um, from a crash, you know, and, it, and then it was just, then we went to Dover and we just flat out struggled. Uh, so there, some of the circumstances were just not really great luck. Uh, some things that we can improve on as a team, but I look forward now we're in the playoffs. Thank goodness. And we have a lot of racetracks that we look at as big strengths for us. And I think we're most prepared as a team to go out and execute. Okay, we're gonna squeeze in one more question. Um, Justin Long, go ahead with your question. Thank you, Matt. I'm, I'm curious, um, you know, how being a first timer in, in the playoffs, how you anticipate things will elevate on the track? Obviously, it's cutthroat throughout the pack and, and, and you've had experiences and talked about how cutthroat it can be in the middle. Um, in past years, and I'm just curious, even with all those experiences, what, as a as a, a a playoff rookie in a sense, what do you anticipate it might be like, and how will you have to react or change, or is it just you have to stay the same and in, in, in what you're about to experience? 
you know, I, I think uh, there's just a little bit more desperation probably in the, the playoffs because there's so much on the line and, and um, every, every race matters so much. You don't have, you just don't have room margin for error. Uh, you know, during the regular season, you have a little more margin for error because it's a long season and you're just trying to make it in the playoffs, rack up points, you know, stage points, things like that. Um, but now there's just really no margin for error. But as far as how I'd approach it as a playoff, you know, I've been doing this a while. Luckily, it's my sixth year uh, full time. But as a playoff rookie, I guess uh, um, from the experience I've learned in all my past situations is to only focus on what's in my control and to drive the race car and, and approach the race just like I would any other race, which is to make the most of what we have for that day. So um, I really don't change my approach personally. And that takes discipline to do with so much on the line. But um, I've learned to be, you know, especially I'm lucky that, I've, you know, as I've gotten older, I'm 29 now, I've been doing this a while, uh, is that I, I, I feel more disciplined um, and mentally mature and ready than, than ever on those things that really affect my uh, execution of my race with my team. Thank you. Yep. All right, Matt, we appreciate your time with us today. And we wish you the best of luck in the playoffs. Thanks for joining right. us. Thank you. See you later. Clint, can you hear us? You got me? Oh, we got you. I think this is the first time I've ever um, had you on. I don't know what the hell these chocolates are that you sent us, but ugh, some of them got something in them. Well, Maybe you picked up a, a bad one to start. They got a deal on the chocolates they sent us. <laughs> well, we thank you for joining us and thank you for uh, being on time as well. My God. Holy we cow. All these things are different. These things are. Hold on. Let me, let me, let me move okay. in. <laughs> got it. Okay. We're going to start with questions. Where's that guy at? With the guy with the mask on. Is he in his own house? I assume you're talking about me. I know I'm at UT. What's that? Cool. University of Tennessee. Oh, gosh. Put your mask on, boy. <laughs> All right. We are going to um, start with questions. And to kick us off, we're going to go to Bob. Bob, go ahead and put us back on track here. <laughs> yeah. Um, Zippy said earlier this week that, he, you know, he's potentially could ha have the same lineup this year as, as or next year as this year. I'm curious how confident you are about returning to Stuart Haas. He did? He left I, the door uh, open for some others, though, too. Oh, so he didn't say anything. <laughs> well, it just depends on how you interpret it. <laughs> hey, they're working on that, Bob, um, you know, on the future and what that looks like. And, and, you know, if it's a part of this sport in any way, shape, or form, I'm, I'm excited about it. So we'll work on that. And and um you know really go to that for right now it's it's all about the playoffs i mean it's new life i've been so frustrated this summer i mean this pandemic sucks i'm frustrated for our sport i'm frustrated for our fans Twenty thousand people we got to bring back it's slowly starting to come back and, and see life i mean that's awesome to see man you could hear them you could see them like there was a damn crowd there last weekend and uh that's that's a lot of you know a, a shot in the arm for our sport a breath of fresh air for everybody involved um competitors you know fans everything i mean i was across the street at bass pro shop and um it was full of race fans i mean like yes this we're back you know this is getting close to what normalcy is and uh um i am uh 
I'm excited about that. And, and I'm excited about these first three races uh, within the playoffs. I'm excited about Darlington. Um, we went, ran well there in uh, Darlington too. won a couple stages. And, and, you know, I mean, again, it was the same old Darlington for me. We ran well doing the things we needed to do. We pit, caution comes out, your lap down, boom. Next thing you know, you're trying to dig yourself out of a hole put it in a hole that it, I shouldn't have been in and uh, hit the wall and the rest is history. I mean, it's just that fast. It can get away from you. And oh, by the way, now it's for all the marbles in a championship. Um, people ask you all the time, you know, these playoffs, how, what does it mean you being to be in a playoffs? Yes. It's an elite group or whatever, but that doesn't matter. You're in the playoffs for one reason to compete for a championship. And that's Phoenix. Um, the only way you can do that is to go through these rounds. We don't have very many points. We've got, to earn stage points we've got to race her to our capabilities and moreover for our 14 car we've got to minimize mistakes that's how we go rounds in this thing you compete for a championship the capabilities there got to clean up the mistakes thank you thanks dude okay we're going to take our next question from heather williams heather go ahead hey glenn um we saw how crazy Daytona was as the cutoff to the regular season. The cutoff of the first round uh, of the playoffs is Bristol. Yeah. What's that going to be like? <laughs> it's going to be more of the same. I mean, I don't know. It's like they they were just wanting to uh, – how could we make this as nerve-wracking as possible? I mean, we're talking like ulcer-level nerve-wracking situations, uh, and they found it. Uh, <laughs> Roval's – Bristol, um, Daytona. I mean, it's it just it can't get any more nerve wracking than that. Um, going into this thing, I don't have a lot of playoff points. We've got to get these these stage points established right off the bat. We're starting up front, relatively up front. For the way I've started all summer long, a ninth place start is way up front. I'm super pumped about a top ten starting spot and uh, going after this thing. I mean, we've got. We got a new rabbit you're chasing, you know. I mean, that thing gets a little bit wore out as you're going through those summer months, and and we've got a new one out there in front of the hood. And by God, I'm going to chase it. Okay, we're going to continue with questions. Our next question will come from Jeff Luck. Jeff, go ahead. Hey, Clint. Um, other than yourself, um, who do you think is like a dark horse team or a surprise that can make a little run here in the playoffs? Um. You know, that's an interesting question. I don't, I don't know. I think everybody, everybody knows everybody's strength and weaknesses. You know, for again, for us, I guess I could just, I, I don't know how to answer your question. I don't know, Jeff. That's a great question. I don't know who is the dark horse. Um, you know, a William Byron, I guess. If you look at him, look at there's momentum is something. Confidence is something. Winning your first race is worth something having a crew chief like chad canals is worth something trust me um you know that all is is building at the right time i mean i i've came into the playoffs before and won new hampshire right off the bat rode that off into a second place finish and, and a shot at a title you know um that's real you know look at tony stewart his last championship they sucked all year all of a sudden boom here they are, here they come a running, get on that wave, found the right wave and rode that damn thing off into the sunset down there at Homestead in a championship. It can happen. It can happen with any race team. Um, 
but you've got to, you know, for us, again, going back to how it's going to happen for me, and that's, that's minimizing mistakes. We've got to clean up the mistakes that we've made. If we can do that, I'm telling you, we're capable of going rounds in this thing. Awesome. Thank you. Okay, we're going to take our next question from um, Jenna. Jenna, go ahead with your question. Hey, can you hear me? I can't Hello? see you. I can hear Hello? you. Okay. Oh, there you are. Hi. So uh, you were talking to Bob about returning to normalcy, and um, Steve Phelps said yesterday a COVID test, uh, driver's out, no points. What precautions do you have to take to protect yourself in the playoffs to, to prevent um, – a positive test knocking out not knocking you out gas mask same precautions you have i mean it's the same thing there's no it's covid you know i mean it sucks there's there's that's why that it's pretty crazy to me that we're this far along and we still really don't know a whole lot more than where we're at i mean it's just it's crazy times but nonetheless um you got to take care of yourself and, and, you know, I'm probably not going to go to college and hit up a, a keg stand. I probably am not going to do that. You know, I, I would say that that would be a, a good opportunity to, uh, to find yourself pointless. Do you have to, is it, is it any more serious for you now with the championship on the line than it was the first no. 26 weeks? Okay. It can't okay. be Jenna. I mean, it, like the seriousness comes if you have COVID, you can't race. That sucks, you know, and honestly, the, the thing that sucks even worse than that is I've talked to both of them that had it and probably had worse hangovers and couldn't race. You know what I mean? I mean, it, it like it, it's just it is what it is. And there's no that's the foul. That's it's not a it's not a judgmental call. It's not, you know, when the ref calls a foul in a, in a basketball game, it's, you don't get a chance to go plead your case and, and get it overturned. It is what it is and it's done. I mean, it's, it's re very unfortunate that Jimmy Johnson didn't get in the playoffs because he had COVID that was completely out of his control. I mean, honestly, you can do all of the things and who you, you might get it opening your car door. You, I mean, you just like, there's there's a lot of things precautionary things you can do but there's a lot of things that are out of your control in my opinion you know uh eventually we got to put this thing back in gear your kids got to go to school they're going to be around people i mean it's there's a lot of things that are real but you just you got to uh pray that it doesn't happen to you and and do everything you possibly can to to stay away from it thanks clint yeah stay healthy yeah Okay, we're going to take our next question from Jordan Bianchi. Jordan, go ahead. Clint, uh, kind of following up on Bob's question earlier, you, you had said earlier this summer that you wanted to continue to race full-time. Um, Where point, are you, Jordan? I can't even find you. I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. I still can't find you. At what point, um, if returning to SHR next year is not an option, do you start having conversations with other teams? Man, again, we're working on all of that with the future and, and uh, Hey man, I, I said it to Bob, if, if it's a, if it's being a part of this sport in any way, shape or form, I'm excited about it. I'm more excited about the playoffs right now. We have an opportunity to win a championship. You see this look, you see that right there, Jordan. <laughs> yeah. I, see I don't it. have one of those. If you get me one of those, 
I have way different opinions on strategies and what I'm going to do, whether I'm stay, whatever. I want one of those. And right now that's the only thing that matters. Sure. Thank you. Okay. We're going to take our next question from Lee Spencer. Lee, go ahead. Thank you. And thanks for joining us, Clint. Just kind of curious whether or not, uh, you know, what your relationship. Did she just fall down? What happened? Where'd she go? Lee, can you hear us? I can hear you. Lee, are okay, you okay? I'm alive, Clint. I'm alive. What the hell just happened? What do you mean, what the hell just happened? Can you guys explain to me what you heard or explain to her if we all heard the same thing? It sounded like you fell down, like the, like you fell down or something. I don't know what happened. Sorry about that. If you could just describe what, how your relationship has evolved with Johnny Klossmeyer this year, that would be awesome. Yeah. I can't even find you. Never mind. Um, yeah, with Johnny, um, uh, I really like Johnny. I, I think a lot of him, he's, his demeanor is certainly not like mine. And I think that's a, a really positive thing, you know. Uh, I don't know how many times the old driver in me, you just – I don't know how many times I've got out of the car and got home. Your wife's like, what in the hell was wrong with you today? You're like, what are you talking about? You're like, guy, you were an a-hole. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. I thought this is a pretty good day. She's like, man, you were pretty hard on it. Like, that's just part of, of, I guess, the competitive nature of me and how I go about business. But like, all kidding aside, the thing I do like about him is when you're whining about something, all you get to 10-4 and he goes back to work. But he listens and he and he tries to make the car better for you. And nine times out of ten, he does. Um, you know, a lot of unknowns with with the way that the the season's been with since the pandemic of not having, you know, uh, a lot of things to fall back on. And and it's it's been tricky watching him. It seems like it's really tricky because in 2018 we kind of had this package going, the Arrow package. Obviously, a lot of things have evolved since then, but they had a lot of success uh, in 2018, run up through the playoffs and, and had some fast race cars. So, you know, it, it, I've seen it be confusing, you know, trying to land because you're guessing at it anyway. At the end of the day, you're guessing at it, especially with no notebook with a driver, with no, you know, recent experiences with this aero package i mean not going no practice nothing i mean it's he's throwing darts at it and at a best guesstimate and um you know a lot of times he hit it and sometimes we didn't um the thing that's good about our relationship is we've got that behind us you know now we're finally going back to these tracks for the second time and uh we have that notebook it's established we won't make the mistakes that we've made we learn from those mistakes and don't make them again. Now, yes, that's obvious, and every other team is doing the same thing, but I feel like that's going to go, you, you know, rounds for us. That's going to be how we go rounds within these playoffs is just clean up the mistakes. We've shown our capabilities. We've run up front. We've won stages. We've led laps, probably more laps this year than I have last year maybe. Um, but nonetheless, we've, we've been up front, but we've made mistakes. Now – we have a notebook of, of what not to do and we got to put it to good use within these playoffs. Thanks. Appreciate your time. Yeah. Too. Sorry. Right. I didn't mean it. 
It, it honestly, I don't know if your microphone maybe fell. That was probably it or something. It was weird sounding. Okay. Take our next question from Pete Acabelli. Pete, go ahead. Uh, hey, Clint, uh, you were talking earlier about uh, how the fans and, you know, seeing some fans and, and things getting back to normal. I mean, when we were at Darlington last time, were you at all worried about this whole thing blowing up because of uh, COVID and that we wouldn't even get to this point we are now? I'm not going to lie. I was really confused. I, I, I was, I don't know. I'm as confused now as I've ever been, but uh, I remember Darlington well. I remember passing a drag strip that was packed, packed to the gills with people in the in the pit area and fans in the stands and everything else. The beach is going crazy, and and you can walk across the street and walk into a diner and eat, but you couldn't bring my wife to the motorhome. You know, I was like, there's just a lot of confusion, right? But there's so much that we've learned from then that the regulations that the state put in, the guidelines that they hold you to as a sport so you can even come into the state and put on the show to begin with, you're playing by their rules. You're, you're, it's the house rules, right? And, and it's not the same. It's not uniform across the country. You go to this state and it's one thing. You go to the next state and he's he's got a – you know, he's his mindset on, on another opinion of, of a guideline. So it's, they've done a good job of bobbing and weaving as we go throughout this, uh, this endeavor of pandemic. And, and honestly, we're still standing. Um, I think it, it proves that you can do things safely. Uh, again, looking back at last weekend, 20,000 fans is nothing that that's no, you know, to nothing to, to, to miss. And, and, um, that was a that was a, a gain, a, a, in my opinion, a huge step in the right direction of getting back to normalcy. Um, do they have to wear masks? Do we all have to wear masks? Yes, I mean it's part of it, but it's if it's making somebody somewhere safe, it I don't care. That's fine. If it if that's what I have to do to uh, to go race, and that's that's what we're gonna do. It's just that's human nature. That's we we racers more than anything and i will say this it's been this way my whole life i've experienced it and i've watched it time and time again with racers and still do whether it's at a grassroots roots entry level of racing or the the elite division of cup racers find a way and they always find a way before the next guy that's the com competition of racing i remember time and time again watching a guy roll into the racetrack flip his car, total it, down and out. Dude's working three jobs, wife's working. It's time and time again. You're like, well, he ain't going to be back for a month or so. Nope. Here they are, probably the first ones sitting in line at the, at the you know, the guard shack to, to come in the gates. I mean, it's that's what racers do. And, and it, it didn't surprise me to the least that we were able to figure it out before other sports. Thank you. Okay, we're going to take our next question from Mark Garrow with PRN. Go ahead, Mark. What's up, dude? Hey, man, how are you? Good, bud. Um, you're having a lot of fun with us, uh, and, and you're laughing your way through. Is that how you handle pressure, or do you even feel any of this pressure of the playoff? If this looks like fun – you got to get out of that library wherever you're in. This is going on three and a half hours of sitting in my office on a Zoom meeting. Zoom meetings suck. If there's anything that I hate of the pandemic, it's Zoom meetings and backdrops and Zoom meetings. I think 
everybody ought to uh, have a free pass at Zoom when we're we're all done with this crap. It's it's all I can do to remember my password to turn on the damn computer, and you've got me clicking zooms and unmuting and muting and and videos and oh my god but uh you gotta have fun with it mark i mean it's, it's we all love this if we didn't love it it hey it don't pay that damn good you know what i mean i mean this is a lot of work for everybody you guys covering this sport us you're gone from your families a, a lot doing the things that we love to do i mean it's it's what we do we're racers i mean i've been to dirt tracks and watching my dirt guys i mean it's just it's what you do you know and and uh i i love this sport i i really do enjoy you know being a part of it um on the racetrack i love selling it um to a new fan um interacting within it of the sport and it, whether it's an infield in or a coffee shop somewhere and you know there's nothing that makes me more proud to be a part of something when you walk in and you're like damn that ah, man, that race was good last night. And, you know, spark up a conversation with an old boy somewhere at a Lowe's or whatever, you know, gas station. It's that's cool to be a part of something that so many eyes are on and enjoy. So you, do you feel pressure or not? Oh, I didn't answer your question, did I? Uh, <laughs> hell yeah, you feel pressure. I mean, it's uh, yeah. And, but it, I mean, I'm not I'm going to postpone that pressure till I get in that damn car you know saturday night I'm, I'm just gonna wait for then all right mark i'm not gonna go ahead and feel pressure right now i've chosen not to experience pressure today wednesday saturday it's a different day mark i will i will feel the pressure all right thanks man that's just the way it is i mean it's you know it's um i can't tell you this there's nothing that lasts longer than a bad run and i'm bad about it i am Certainly. Ask my wife. She's like, God, will you please get back to the racetrack and try to fix whatever this is? Because you come home as a race car driver and you were super pissed and not much fun to be around for a couple of days after a bad run. Thank you, man. Good luck. Thanks. Okay. We're going to take our next question from Terry with WNDB. Go ahead, Terry. Hey, Clint. How you doing? Good. All four of Stuart Haas's cars are in the playoffs. Does that give you any advantage? Do you think that, or is it more competition? <laughs> Could be both, right? <laughs> it is both. There's no question it's both. Um, super proud of everybody at, at, you know, all the men and women at Stuart Haas Racing. What, a, what an accomplishment. All four cars in a, you know, all four cars, all five cars. That car is going to be raced for a championship too, that Xfinity car. Um, just a group of, of pretty special people. You know, I, I'm going to tell you Stuart Haas runs as lean as I've ever been a part of with any, any organization and um, arguably as lean as anybody we race against and certainly as lean as anybody that's sharing four cars in a chase. I can promise you that. Um, proud of that. That means that you've got the right people put in place and uh, they're all pulling on the rope in the same direction. That's how we got here. Um, cannot lose sight of that but make no mistake there's probably going to be a time within probably this first round you may have to be fighting one of your own um for a position to go on you know to the next round within these playoffs there's there's real real life scenarios that are going to be there as well thanks clint thanks man 
All right, Clint. That's all the time we have with you um, for today. Thank you so much. Hey, for I wanted to say hi to Clara B. Lang. All the rest of you, I appreciate no questions from you. I know I'd like to answer your questions, but honestly, it goes shorter for all of us if we don't. So. <laughs> all right, Clint. We're gonna send you on to your next stop. Thanks for. Hey, who's next? Thanks, Clint. Um, you are our last driver today. We'll start oh, over tomorrow. So they're ready to get the hell out of here. Get the hell out Thanks, of here. Have a good night. <laughs> Thanks, Clint. Thank you for tuning in to Track Smack Smackcast. Check out more at tracksmackradio.com.